0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. group. by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the...
0: Tonight. party tonight. Party tonight. Party tonight. We're gonna have a TV party tonight. Alright. We're gonna have a
2: TV party. Alright. Tonight. we got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of rooms. Everybody's gonna hang out here tonight. Alright, we'll pass out on the couch. Alright, tonight we got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Don't
3: talk about anything else. We don't wanna know. When
4: And tonight, our favorite show is Wrestlemania 34. In addition to which, we will also be talking about the Hall of Fame, WWE 2018, and NXT New Orleans. Nolens, if you will. And I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge. And I've got a panel of guests tonight, wrestling enthusiasts We haven't had this first one on our show in quite a long time. He likes to come along to talk about the Fuller House. Tonight, he's going to talk a little wrestling, because as he likes to remind everybody, Lex Luger ain't no cowboy. Ladies and gentlemen, he's not Bruce Pritchard, but he's got a few impressions of his own that he likes to share with you. He's the Punchy Fugilist, and you can find him on some Sundays on the 401 Ground and Pound Radio Show, our good friend of the family, Mr. Pat Mullen. How do you do, sir?
2: Well, you know, it's it's like you take the chicken and you cut up the grapes and the walnuts and you put it on in. And what well, do well, you know?
4: <laughs> Indeed, How you do, how's it going, Pat? It's going excellent. Uh, another
2: WrestleMania is in the books. Another WrestleMania weekend is in the books. A lot went on. A lot to talk about. A lot of a lot of ups, a lot of downs. A lot of hills, lots of valleys. Uh, Going down that lonesome highway, you know, traveling, traversing through the space and the stars. Reincarnation doesn't have to be a thing, yeah.
4: (laughs) Very good, (laughs) sir. All right, and uh, in the second chair tonight, he's the host of the Screaming Boy podcast. Uh, Someday he'll get up a show about Toys R Us that we were all on. Probably when it's uh, reopened under the name KB Toys Ladies and gentlemen, our good friend of the show, Ronnie Adams How do you do, sir?
3: Am I allowed to talk now?
4: (laughs) Certainly, sir Who would stop you from talking?
3: (laughs) Well, uh, sometimes I don't feel like talking when you talk about that stupid Toys R Us show
4: (laughs) I don't know what show you're talking about, it hasn't gone up yet that was a great show. <laughs> it,
3: was. it really was. And I don't need, I, I really don't need you in on this. Um,
4: <laughs> How are you tonight, my friend?
3: I'm. I'm doing very well. Doing very well. Um, excited to talk some WrestleMania. And, and, um, oh, go ahead.
4: I was going to say it's not something we, we do a whole lot of on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network. We. Uh, no. Before before the move to BTR, we we fought, we farmed that out to Sean Garmers Wrestling to the Max podcast. But you know mm-hmm. what? We had the week open. There weren't there wasn't a movie. I mean, sure we could have reviewed a Quiet Place, but who likes horror movies, really? So uh, right. exactly. And
2: go, Mark, sir. Plugs
3: go. No. <laughs> I love the Quiet Place. I tell you plugs. what. John John Krasinski is a fine man. He, he did an excellent job. I like the I don't mean like I don't mean like fine man. I mean like I'm you know I'm sure he's good looking, but I mean he's just he's a good man. I didn't know he was in that movie and now I'm not going to see it cuz he's in it. I don't know. Dude, I'd he like... wrote and he wrote the screenplay and directed it. I like the so fa- I have no use.
4: I like the fan art of him as Mr. Fantastic and her, and Emily Blunt as uh as the invisible girl. But well, you know, we'll see if that actually happens. Fan- fans tend to get out of hand. Speaking of an out of hand fan, ladies and gentlemen, he's the master of ceremonies on the Source Material podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, he's also our third chair on the Metal Hammer of Doom, good friend of the show, Mr. Jesse Starcher. How do you do, sir?
5: Well, I am doing quite well. I'm glad WrestleMania finally decided to end about 10 minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> and, and we all get the opportunity to get on here and talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Look let's, forward to it. Let's get into I fell asleep and woke up. And
3: it was still on.
4: <laughs> you know, it's, it was one of the first shows in a long time that I only fell asleep once. But um, all right, let's get into it. I want to quick just talk about the Hall of Fame. Not every minute by minute, beat by beat. Not all of us saw the whole thing or any of it for that matter. But I, uh, you know, the Hall of Fames in the past have been have been interesting. There's definitely been some speeches that felt like they went as long as last night's as Sunday night WrestleMania. Jesus That's- Christ! Some of those speeches, the most famous one being Mr. Yeah. T's "My Mama," check 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 check, and that went on forever. Um, but you know, so, like I said, they're definitely ones that just felt like they just droned on and on and on. I thought the Hall of Fame speeches this year were. Like, the only one that felt like it just went on forever Was the Dudley Boys But at least they broke it up with some bits You know, they put the one yeah. guy through a table They they kind of jo- uh, jostled each other back and forth um, Pat, you said you watched the Hall of Fame What did you think of the Dudley Boys speech?
2: Um, You know... It went on for a little while longer than it probably should have. Uh, the table bit was funny, and it was nice to have you know the bookend with them, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy boys all on stage together.
4: So somebody mentioned if you know it has to be weird seeing Matt Hardy shake Edge's hand, but I would imagine with him have, being married and having a kid, he's gotten over the Lita thing, you know. And I, <laughs> I'm and, sure they're
2: both well, okay
3: with it now. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're, they're, that's that's no longer a pre-existing condition.
4: Yeah.
3: They probably went Whew, dodged that bullet, didn't we?
4: <laughs> um, my favorite speech of the night actually was Ivory's. Um no. I I because you know, she took her speech and she did something really creative with it. She she sort of acknowledged the fact that she's a um a spinster, essentially. And she's like, But I'm married to the wrestling business and she did this whole mar um marriage type speech where, you know, at the end of it she was married. She, you know, married to the Hall of Fame or whatever uh, My wife and I thought it was cute and creative What did you, uh, Pat, what did you think of Ivory's speech?
2: I liked it sh- solely because it was different She came up with uh, an original shtick for it That not only was entertaining But really probably was a good indicator of her true feelings about everything So I I appreciated it
4: uh, Ronnie, did you get, did you get to see any of that at all?
3: Yeah, I, I'll watch most of, the, if not all of the speeches.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, kind of a deal. Um, it was like, I have a new respect for Ivory um, after finding out she got her start in Glow. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did not realize that. Yeah, I found that um, out
4: actually a year or so ago. And I think when I found when mm-hmm. when when I had heard that they were pitching a new Netflix show, I can't remember where I saw it. It might have been an actual You know what? It was in the um, the Glow documentary that was on Documentary, Netflix. Yep. Well That's yeah well, they they talked about how ivory was one of the original glow
3: girls, mhm so um it, it and I didn't realize she wasn't married I mean, um so it wasn't really sad, uh, but it was kind of like one well, those was like, oh man, maybe you'll maybe you'll find someone someday or something. I don't know kind of a deal I mean, like I understand being married to the business, and I understand that you know, but it's just I feel like. It's hard to fathom feel, a, a, yeah. a beautiful
5: lady like that going without. She's still gorgeous, man. Yeah,
2: yeah. She's an all-time top five uh, rear end on my list of uh, <laughs> let women's me say, wrestling let rear Let me ends. say this
4: about Ivory. You know, you look at like major guns or uh, you know some of the other like really chesty uh, women that that have been in wrestling. Ivory, and and I don't mean this as like an insult, but Ivory, I thought her best look was when she was covered up in the um, yeah. Oh, shit, the right, the right to censor. And I was telling
2: my yeah, wife that. Like, Mark, Mark drops his first uh, four-letter word of the night. It's
4: my podcast. I'll curse if I want. Um, but... Keep
2: down, everybody. Every time Mark curses, you drink. <laughs>
4: oh, <laughs> then the, the, have an ambulance and stand you, by. want
3: um, people to die?
4: <laughs> Jesus Christ. If you, anyone takes a drink every time I curse, have a paramedic on hand.
2: Bla- blaspheming also counts as three of us on this show are practicing Christians.
3: That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific.
4: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Ivory's right to censor look. I thought she was like... Th- that was like the hottest look she had, in my opinion.
3: Well, the thing about it is, is I feel like with Ivory, the business took more from her than it gave her. Because I don't think she has the respect that she deserves. But maybe now a little more because she's part of the, uh, the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, she you know, the, she would have been somebody who fits in much better today than in the era she was a part of, because she actually had wrestling talent. Absolutely, because she was
2: mm-hmm. a very, very capable in-ring performer in an era of you know TNA, and not yeah. that she didn't have that, but you're competing in the TNA category with people like Trish Stratus and you know Terry Runnels. It's pretty right. tough to get
3: noticed. Now that Trish is... got that, that Trish has... got better in the in the ring. Yeah, not not
2: um,
0: saying yeah, not yeah. saying.
2: It's didn't but okay let's let's say like because ivory came in early 99 the cat late 99 that but that's what i'm saying trish didn't really become competent in the ring we'll say till like oh two yeah so you know there was a period of time where trish was just tna and she was
0: yeah, good
2: yeah. at it it was drop top pity time
4: <laughs> shout out
2: but
3: there was there was miss you know miss kitty um i was gonna say it, it was I mean, a list m- goes on
4: it was a mixed bag in the attitude era yeah. for women, because it because it started off. I mean, you got to remember the, the WWE, and we're not going to spend too long talking about this, but the, the, the WWE started off with the women as just side pieces, and let's and, let, and the ultimate like side piece of all. You had Sonny, who was mm-hmm. not a worker, um, you know, but she was a valet yeah, and a yes. manager and all of that. Uh, oh, but she's a worker. <laughs> she's a worker, all right. Um, but and then, like, it, it's like if you could just. Th- I think there were like three categories of women summed up by each, by these three women throughout the entire Attitude Era going into, you know, the end of the Attitude Era, which I guess some would call the, uh, ruthless aggression, you know, the shitty era. Um, but you had the Sunnies, you had the Sables, and you had the Chinas. You know, you mm. had the women who were just pieces of asses, you had the women who were, um, they could you know they were competent in the wrestling industry but they weren't workers per se and then you had the ones that didn't necessarily have a great look but could actually work um and that's the thing is Ivory Ivory kind of fit into that mixed bag but I think but I think you guys are right she would have done much better now where yeah you know where work is is elevated above I think everything else mm-hmm. um Pat you want to I don't know if you have a different opinion on that you want to weigh in real quick
2: no, I think it's accurate. I th- I think again, she was a very good in-ring performer in a time period where that was limited in terms of availability and not the essential factor of what highlighted women on television at that point versus now the athleticism is put first and foremost, the sex appeal is now a second a distant second to it. Right. I I can't imagine
3: a uh Ivory in her heyday, you know, as 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 good of a worker as she was. Going against Charlotte or or um, Ruby Riot or any of these people that that have that talent, and it just it makes me sad that that she was in that era of you know women having were treated Karen, as
2: having to carry Miss Kitty and Stacy Keebler and
3: yeah uh, or, or wrestling in a in a uh, a swimming pool full of mud or whatever and not even wrestling just grabbing each other's hair and swinging around for a minute.
4: You know, I think and, about. Uh, I think about like the first Hell in the Cell, and it was like, what was it? Charlotte and Sasha, you know? Yeah. The, and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, yeah, Ivory would have finished in any one of those first that we've seen out of the women's revolution era wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, a quick 50 words or less. Ivory, anything?
5: Uh, I'm glad she made it to the Hall of Fame. Well deserved. I, yeah. It's funny you guys were talking about this because I just watched, well, I'm halfway through the Divas portion of The Monday Night War. And, of course,. There was the great dichotomy of where uh, WCW was putting on, uh, bringing a bunch of women, and you know they they started out as side pieces as well. Uh, But you know it seemed like McMahon had to make a decision after Alundra Blaze or uh, oh now I can't even remember her WCW Medusa. 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 Uh, Medusa showed up on TV with the with the belt and trashed it. So they had to make a a definite decision at that point. Uh, McMahon said okay I'm not going to have Women's wrestling for quite a while And that would have been if things would have went Differently there Ivory would have fit in Great uh, mm-hmm. probably Or at least we could be looking at a Women's division that's like maybe two or Three years ahead of its time right now uh, If she if if things Would have been different there But regardless I uh, I'm glad she's in there for so
4: Um Okay Moving on from Ivory, my only one last point on the Hall of Fame, and then I'm going to kick it to you guys if you have any final remarks. <coughs> is, does anyone think Goldberg wasn't full of shit? I mean... No. <laughs> I
3: think he was, I think he was uh, sincere.
4: I don't. I, mean, I think he was sincere, and I came back because my kid never saw me wrestle. That's actually fairly common. Okay, you know, hold the, on.
5: Hold on explain please i have to i have to i want to know what you guys are talking about since i missed the hall of flame uh, hall Hall
3: of flame oh my goodness
4: Uh, let me give some context
3: the entire place on fire
4: it is stupid entrance um i'm sorry i missed it once again goldberg walks out amidst a bunch of sparkles and
3: set the place on fire um but somehow he just came out breathing smoke, and he was fine. I don't know what happened there. Little, Unbelievable. Little He's a legit his, legend.
4: A little cut in his forehead from when he punched himself. Look, I love Goldberg. Don't get me wrong, but um, Goldberg is that is that is let, let's call it the ultimate warrior class of wrestlers who fucking hate the business and are and are there. It's a it's it's a job. They you know they show up on set, they say their lines they they do their actions and then they go back to the dressing room until they're needed again they they're you mean not, brock well i was going to say brock's part of that 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 type of wrestler you know i said the ultimate warrior i mean maybe pat can name a, a few more but you know ultimately there's there's just this small group of guys that never bought into wrestling as a lifestyle wrestling is a cult wrestling is a religion wrestling is a lifestyle they are very much wrestling is a job and I and and they've and those guys have always kind of run afoul of the ones that have adopted wrestling as a way of life. Some have dealt with it better than others, but they they all kind of walk I mean like Brock I think has been the most successful. Um, but that also might just be the you know, the, the time and place that, that he
2: I would say that he the exists most successful in. has been Sting.
4: You don't okay, I didn't know that Sting didn't really buy into it.
3: Yeah,
2: Sting, uh, not until much, much later on, like, like probably like ten years ago.
3: Well, Sting was an Ultimate Warrior type because he wrestled with the Ultimate Warrior. Not even
2: Warriors. Yeah, they
3: tagged together. For,
2: every, for everybody who says, like, oh, Sting, you know, he, he eventually got it and blah, blah, blah. There's people like Gary Hart who, like, were like, I don't have a lot of respect for Sting because... Sting didn't respect what we did, and he didn't understand it, and he didn't try to understand it. He just... And basically everything you've ever heard people say about Goldberg or Warrior or what have you, they based, a lot of people have said about Sting.
4: Well, then I would agree with you. Sting was the most successful. Um, that being the case, Goldberg comes out and does this speech about how now he really gets it. Oh, he gets it now. He's good with the business. And he's super excited to be a part of the company and everything else. And it's like... Oh, come on. Like I was excited to see him come back because I thought this time they'd get it right. Like I just heard Bruce Pritchard's podcast about Goldberg and you know, and his run in the WWE and it was and it was shit. And it was shit because they decided that they, they they didn't know what they had with Goldberg or they did and they decided not to use it the way he should have been used. They decided to just make him one of the guys. Well, see he was my, a WCW. See my yeah. later see my later rant about Finn Bálor by the way. I'll I'll get to that much later on, but um yeah. But you know, they they there was something special about the Goldberg character because of the way that the, he was portrayed in WCW, and they just ran it. They they just destroyed that in his initial. We're gonna run. make
2: him. We're gonna make him
4: entertaining. Damn it. Yes. Mm. We're gonna put a wig on him. Um, but they, they made him one of the guys basically, and it doesn't. And he's he's a, he's like Brock. He's an attraction. He's not one of the guys. He has to be treated special. Um, but <coughs> because. <coughs>
2: There was legitimately two parts of his speech that I didn't think were, were bullshit. Okay. One, one of them was that, yeah, he wanted to wrestle for his son that you pointed out earlier. The only other one is there was one person he thanked and I felt it was genuine, and that was DDP. Sure. Because DDP legitimately gave him the best match he ever had as a performer, ever. He referenced how DDP gave him a 15-page script of their match, which GDP was known to do for his bigger matches. He literally scripted it out and was like, this is how we can nail this. And I don't doubt that he absolutely wanted to pull that off with Goldberg because Goldberg was limited in what he could do. You know, he was intense and powerful, but he was never going to blow anybody away with a five-star match. He, that's not what he was. It's not what he should so have been. don't.
4: Goldberg's a yeah. play follower. If you give yes. Goldberg a script... He will follow it. That's probably why he was as successful to a degree as he was, you know, to the point that he got into the NFL. You're, here's the play. Follow the play. Execute this thing. And, and I think that's, that's, that's ahead, why
2: ben. I don't think the stuff with DDP was disingenuous. I feel he was sincere in thanking him for that. Right. And, you know, I, and knowing their relationship later on, I, I don't feel that was disingenuous. But the, the knock-on bill in terms of his mentality has always been, he's too nice a guy for the wrestling business, which is funny because so many people call him a prick in the wrestling business. But it's because he does he he never understood how things worked entirely, never made the effort to, and was basically manipulated by a lot of people into believing one thing and going with it. And he never he never got smartened up to the level he should have in terms of not just knowing what's going on in the ring but what's going on backstage he was never smartened up to that by anybody and it allowed him to develop this ego and this persona and this thought of i know what's right and he never got it.
4: i you know i sympathize a lot i i, I know it might be a weird thing to say about over, but i really sympathize with where he's coming from you know where he 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 didn't grow up in the business he didn't really understand it he was he was given a lot, and then there was this expectation that he would like. If you just get suddenly dropped into this alien culture, you're not going to adopt it immediately. You're probably going to make a lot of mistakes, and in and along the way, upset people. But is that really your fault if no one tells you what the culture is, what it's like, how to get along? You know, and there's just, and, then, and by the way, you're also made president. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the goldberg story so i get his animosity what i and i thought like i wanted to get up there and drop his pants and be like to all of you who screwed me this is my dick look at it look at it like i didn't expect him to be like yeah, fuck he's he's jewish he wouldn't do that that's <laughs> true um i didn't expect him to be like fuck the McMahons. you know i didn't expect any of that but uh, i don't know i i did there some there was there was somebody else who um who did a Hall of Fame speech where, where you got the idea that they weren't wazoo about the McMahons or the WWF, but they were happy to have been recognized for their own greatness. It might have been Bruno uh, you know, or somebody. Bill, Bill Watts. B- Bill Watts. You know, and, and I am
2: the speech you're thinking of is Bill Watts.
4: <laughs> I'm okay with those speeches. I'm okay with the ones that go, look, I don't have a tremendous amount of nice things to say here, but, I'm, but thank you for the honor and thank you for remembering my contribution to the business. Had his speech sort of been that way, I would have been okay with it. But for me, it just felt like totally, except for the points we've mentioned, totally disingenuous. And it made it kind of hard to watch. I'll let you guys kind of give your thoughts, your final thoughts on Bill Goldberg's and his speech. And we'll move on from this. Go ahead, Pat.
2: Well, enough about Goldberg, because there was a speech that night that I felt was the greatest Hall of Fame, legitimately the greatest Hall of Fame speech I've heard so far. Because it was so heartfelt, it was very real. It was more entertaining than people probably thought it was going to be. And that's Jeff Jarrett's. Mm-hmm. And it had the best close to a Hall of Fame speech ever. Sorry, Michael
4: Hayes. Been
2: my days working hard on the go. But the hands <laughs> on the clock keep spinning too slow. Because I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight.
4: I thought it was hilarious right. that neither one of them remembered the words to it. <laughs>
3: I think it's hilarious that, that that Road Dog can actually sing. But Jeff I mean like that that was the real gimmick. That that Road Dog could actually sing and Jarrett can't carry a tune. Well, <laughs> and and they lived the it. Thing. Yeah. And it was the truth, you know, like like Jarrett was horrendous on the mic. You know what I'm it was like, ooh, ooh, well, this was real. This was a real gimmick. You the, know? Funny,
2: the funny thing is is like he was terrible then, but apparently like they started that whole angle because Jeff actually could sing a little bit back when and like then they were like well it would be funnier if it would make you a bigger heel if you didn't actually sing it and blah 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 and he was like to the very last minute about it where they were going to do the song he to the very last minute he really was like I should probably sing this though and then it was like no I shouldn't well maybe I should and they had, at the like ninth hour they finally were like no we're going with Road Dogg
4: didn't they do an In Your House where he actually did sing with like a country music band?
2: He sang in 98 with uh, Sawyer Brown, who were very good, and he actually did sing and did a fairly decent job on Some Girls Do.
4: There you go. The mystery of just... Yeah, I, I, I actually I thought the best Hall of Fame speech was Mark Henry's, but I mean... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Ronnie, yeah. Uh, thoughts on... You thought, have no... Go ahead. I was going
3: to say, you have no heart if you didn't tear up with Mark Henry.
4: Dude, at this um, point if his wife is like, yeah, I I'm still objecting to him being in the Hall of Fame, fuck you guys. Like, yeah, at this point like there's no more sympathy left for his widow, you know. You're, you like it, she doesn't How many more wrestlers have to give a Mark Henry speech and have to, you know, and it's not like the WWF purposely fucking dropped him from a ceiling. It was an accident. Right. Uh... Okay, you're going to contend they 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 went out of their way to murder the guy.
2: No, I'm just saying it's not impossible.
4: Okay,
5: <laughs> I'm not, not going to go live in front of everybody. Go. But it was Owen Hart. I'll teach you guys a lesson.
4: I'll teach Bret Hart. Bre- break my cameras, will you, Bret? We'll drop your brother off a ceiling. How does that sound?
2: We'll break your brother. <laughs> I'm not oh going to go full uh, full Jesse Ventura. What if they knew
4: the harness wasn't gonna stay?
3: Are <laughs> you West kidding Governor me, Jesse? God, he, he's he is loon tunes, man. <laughs> um. Anyway,
0: Pleasure- could be real. <laughs>
4: As I was saying. Um, Ronnie, go ahead. I, I was going to say if you had any last words about Goldberg or you just, or if there's any part of the Hall of Fame you wanted to uh, – because after this, we're going to move on to NXT. So anything about the Hall of Fame or, or Goldberg at this point you want to mention?
3: Uh, I think Goldberg was sincere. Um, I, I do – I mean, more sincere than you give him credit for, but that's just me. Uh, it just felt like it was. Um, and then uh, – also the 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 mark henry i mean mark henry deserves this i mean oh yeah you know, a lot of people you know i mean a lot of people now who are newer wrestling fans don't realize just how much he gave to the wwe i mean he was never my favorite wrestler but i always had a soft spot for him and wanted to see him you know succeed because i think um i, I think he was one of those um wrestlers that love the business and love the company but was taken advantage of was just there because
2: anybody who like was more giving at a certain point than mm-hmm. Mark Henry to that company
3: the I mean come on through? sexual chocolate into um Mae Young birthing a hand Say, saying <laughs> that he lost his virginity to his sister yeah things like that I mean and they were like here's some crap that can't uh, they so so ruin your personal life as well so as so professional life um, what we want you to say He's like, okay Bring it on you know, Let's do it and, Transvestite Yeah So oh, uh, He's He's just You know I think he You know He turned into a really good performer Really good worker <laughs> From what he was You know Just being you know, The strong guy um, Put on some really good matches and, and, and then that heartfelt speech at the end You know Where it, It's just Like <laughs> I'm really sorry to see him go because I didn't see him wrestle very much towards the end, but, um, he's, I think he he was one of the most deserving on that stage that night, if not the most deserving. All right. And it was good to see the Dudleys back together for, for a few minutes too.
4: Okay. Real quick. I'm going to open this up to everybody. Um, next year's hall of fame. Just nominate somebody who, who you think uh, at this point. You know, this is one of the one of the fun things about listening to the Jim Cornette podcast. Is this is like who's left to put in this thing? Um, Donald Trump. He, I think he might actually be already there when in. He was inducted. Yeah, he's already, oh, he's already in, there. in. That's right. Yeah, he's yeah, a celebrity. Uh, so this is. I'm going to start with you, Jesse, because you haven't had a, a lot to uh, put in here. To you know, because you didn't see it. But uh, if you had to nominate somebody for the Hall of Fame next year, who do you think it might be?
5: Here's the thing. I have no idea who's in or who's out. <laughs> so guess what? You don't want to hear much from me some more? Cause I'm going to be rather quiet here. I really, I have no clue as to, cause they nominate so many people. How many, is there a number, maximum number of how many people they bring in per well, year? Here's the thing.
4: They usually no. do a tag team. They usually do a tag team, a minority, um, a woman, a, a, a woman being a minority. A headliner. They usually like a headliner, and the headliner has been like the the WWF apology tour. You know, it's been like Savage, Warrior, Bruno,
1: Goldberg.
4: uh, Goldberg. Yeah. So, I mean, (laughs) next year it has to be Owen. Come on. (laughs) There's no one left to
3: apologize to. That's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, I
5: I will I will gladly turn this over to Ronnie Adams because I, I will have I guarantee you like three th- three names I come up with off the top of my head are going to be already in there. I want
4: so. no, I want to play this game. What are your three?
5: Yeah. Uh Pedro Morales. In in ninety six. There nice. we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well well done. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's why. That's why I, that's why I, I did, almost didn't want to do the show if Pat wasn't on. Go ahead, Jesse.
3: Number
5: two. No, I'm done. There's no. No. Don't make me. Don't, no, do I not want, make me.
3: Do, what, no, I mean, I was going to say he was in. I, I knew he was in, but Pat's like he was in in '96. His 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 speech clocked in at this many minutes, and uh, <laughs> before, <laughs> uh Fabio Vega. <laughs> yeah, Savio Vega inducted him, and he wore him on that night. Uh,
5: we, let's see. Are we bringing any classic wrestlers to remix this? I don't think we're bringing any, anybody. Because the, the Dudley boys have both been at Remix here recently. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that we have. Oh, man, off the top of my head. How about Tommy Dreamer? <coughs> How's that for you? That's going to be yeah. a ways out. Will he ever show wife, up?
4: My wife actually asked me, like, do you think Tommy Dreamer will ever be in the WWF Hall of Fame? And I'm like, no. But, well, but sure.
5: Well, well, if they're okay, I don't, I don't know see if he's why not though. The Dudley he's Boys.
4: Really, watch them. Into, he just really terrible. I was for a say, long time how about this? How about like the, I could actually see them inducting the entire ECW in in the, the Hall of Fame, like as an Sandman.
3: San, my, choice Sandman was, first. my choice was Taz.
2: Sabu. No. If anyone's going in, it's Sabu. Okay. Okay.
4: So, so my two here's, here's my two nominees. Um, and then I'll let I'll let Pat uh, have at it. Um, my here actually three. These, these are my my three nominees for next year: the Bulldogs, Owen Hart, mm. Paul Heyman.
3: Mmm. That's those are good. You took one of mine. Uh, those what, are all good.
4: What What would have been one? Of, what was the the other one of yours then, uh, Ronnie? Heyman. Okay, but who else?
3: Taz. And, um, uh, like, I, I really want Tommy Dreamer to go in. Oh. Um, I've always been a Dreamer fan. I'm sorry. Um, and maybe Mikey Whipwreck.
5: <laughs> Wait a second. This, is that a
3: joke? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, I don't yeah. think he ever wrestled for WWF.
4: I, no, I think he did. <laughs> You've done really, so much for Raw.
3: this industry, Mikey. <laughs> Mikey. Mikey did wrestle on an episode of Raw. Yeah. <clears throat> once. He wrestled once. I'd like to see the Hardy Boys go in. I mean, they got some. They got some years left, but uh, but if you're going to go ahead and put Edge and Christian in, even though they're both retired, just go ahead and just drop the Hardy boys in. Yeah, man. only
4: Edge is in, not Christian. Pat, what are your? Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Go ahead and throw a couple out there.
3: Well, the the rumor is that because
2: he wasn't inducted this year, so they could do it in New York, New Jersey, which is Bam Bam Bigelow.
4: Oh, perfect. Ah, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Bam Bam would have been one of mine anyway. I think Bam Bam is awesome and he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love the Bulldogs. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. They deserve it together. Davey, I know people love Davey, but he didn't deserve it by himself. But they'll never let Dynamite show up live and make a speech. Yeah, Cornette uh-huh.
4: mentioned that after, or our Cornette's uh, partner on his show, um, Brian Lass, mentioned that on the one of the, um, I think it was one of the, uh, the drive yes. No, it was the drive-through where he was like, "Yeah, they're not letting they're not letting Dynamite Kid on the stage while he's in a wheelchair. They'll
3: wait till he's dead. The, the, yeah. As more yeah, as morbid as it sounds, they're going to wait till Dynamite's dead and then induct him uh, yeah. posthumously. Yeah. Um, um, I
2: know I know that they're on the outs, but I really think the Hall of Fame is lacking without demolition in it.
3: Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, demolition
4: aren't in there. Jesus no, Christ. No. Yeah. They're
2: part of the the concussion lawsuit, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about but, Doink? But Oh no! Stop it! Why? Uh, just stop it. My my third <laughs> pick would be Rick Martel.
4: Yeah, he model. uh he was more than the model. He was in um, he was in the what was it, was he the canon Connection or Strike Force? I can't remember was, which one. Well,
2: they, they were both teams. He was in both of those. Strike Force okay. won the belts, and then he had an a, an earlier run of the WWF in the late seventies, early eighties with Tony Garea, where they won the tag team titles. Um, and aside from that, he's the AWA World Champion for a year and a half. Right. He a huge draw in, in Canada. He wrestled in Japan. He wrestled all over. He had that last cool run in WCW. I, I think Martel would be like that—that that '80s kind of nostalgia star who can
4: go in. I'm actually surprised, like him and Bret didn't have like a major title feud when he was doing the model gimmick. Like I don't know why. Like, like I don't know at that point. What, what what the WWE saw or didn't see in Rick Martel. Uh, at, well, Martell in that era,
2: Martell was looked at as a guy who, because he had been there for so long, wasn't part of the youth movement that they wanted to mm-hmm. to go with. It's almost the same reason why they were like down on Randy Savage, which was insane. Because if you watch Randy Savage and Lex Luger in a ring in 1993, who are you gonna think is the more spry performer?
4: Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, though, couldn't you have seen like a like a like a year long program with Rick Martell and Bret Hart at the top? It would have drawn oh, yeah, no, absolutely. It would have drawn no money But it would have been awesome matches Well
2: <laughs> they couldn't draw money doing anything anyway So what would that have mattered
4: Exactly Alright let's move on to NXT uh, Takeover Nolans Again I don't want to go match for match Just I want to hit the highlights for myself um, It opened up with a car wreck It was the ladder match For the <laughs> <laughs> for the North American <laughs> For the North American uh, NXT championship And that was Adam Cole Bebe EC3, who I'm so happy is doing his oh, redemption man. tour through, uh, through the WWF. Yeah. Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, who looks like a shaven ape. He looks like the gorilla in Rampage. Um, <laughs> 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 Ricochet, who I don't, you know, because I don't follow a lot of independent wrestling. I don't know much about Ricochet, but boy, can he bounce off shit. And probably my my. Favorite, well, why do you
3: think they call him Ricochet?
4: Yeah, no kidding. And and probably like my favorite. I say like my favorite wrestler just because I've never seen a guy get it as much as this one. The Velveteen Dream, good old Patrick from Tough Enough. Pat, have you ever seen a guy who's like who like claimed to be a fan of the WWF and be, went on to be a went on to be a a pro wrestler? so totally 110% get the get the industry you know get the business and then develop a character based on his based on his intimate knowledge of, of what, what sells a guy and what doesn't cuz when i first saw that velveteen velveteen dream character come out i was like wow here here's the guy that's just like you know what i know exactly how i'm getting over
2: I mean, there's there's you know a lot of examples, not not necessarily from the past fifteen to twenty years when you've had more guys who weren't fans come in and get ingratiated. Um, you know, I grew up in the era where everybody loved wrestling, and that's why you wanted to be in wrestling because you loved wrestling. So, you know, I mean, I, t- the ultimate example would be like Jim Cornette, who was who the super fan and created the Mama's Boy character and knew he couldn't work and whatever, but he, so he became this, this you know incredible manager. But, you know, Velveteen Dream is awesome. And this ladder match is the best multi-person ladder match I ever saw. And what I mean by that is, you know, more than just a one-on-one singles ladder match, this is the best. This was better to me than the TLC matches were. This was incredible. It's the third best ladder match I've ever seen behind Triple H and The Rock at SummerSlam 98 and the second Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon ladder match at SummerSlam 95. This was off the charts great. Mm.
4: Yeah, I would say the only other one out of the ones you mentioned that ever stood out to me is the one where CM Punk won it. And that's only because CM Punk won. I don't remember that ladder match for any other reason other than um, CM Punk had quit the business and then won the title and ran off with the title. Uh, And then they did that whole routine, but um, other than that one, like yeah, most of the ladder matches at this point, you know, like the Money in the Banks and whatnot, don't really stand out to me. This one does. Like I remember, like I, it it takes a lot for me to watch wrestling now with this huge, like, ridiculous smile on my face. Um, but uh, I really, I enjoyed the hell out of this. Uh, What'd you think of it? Now, okay, uh, Jesse, you didn't see this either, right?
5: I did not. It sounds like it. And man if it tops ladder matches in Pat's eyes, this sounds like something that I'm going to have to watch though.
4: It's incredible. Yep. I mean, like that that that's high praise and it's well deserved. Uh Ronnie, what did you think of this uh the, you laughed when I called it a
5: car wreck?
3: I uh, I just uh, well, I haven't seen it yet. Um, okay. which really surprises me because I usually make it a, a point to watch uh NXT before any of the big uh you know, any of the 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 big shows like this um you know especially wrestlemania i uh because i i enjoy nxt a lot and for for the for the misses that uh, they have on their big shows nxt makes up for it tremendously in my in my opinion
5: i'm i'm kind of crossing my fingers that uh here in a couple weeks uh remix is having their usually they have two shows a year and the last show uh, Adam Cole's girlfriend was wrestling uh, and became champion. I don't know if she became champion or defended the championship here at, in Remix, and Adam Cole was backstage unbeknownst to everybody you know, in the crowd, and he kept it that way. So uh, I'm kind of hoping that that will be the case this time, and maybe he'll just kind of peek his, peek his head outside the curtain. You never know. That's going to be in a couple weeks, though, so we'll see. But uh, Adam Cole is... He's impressive. I've I've always liked watching at least some of his matches in the past. He was with Ring of Honor for a little while, right? Yeah, a good little while when he really cemented yeah. his uh, rep. Yeah, I, I caught a few of his matches in Ring of Honor.
4: Yeah, I really dug this. It's probably one of my favorite matches of the weekend. Um, I just want to touch on Shayna Baszler versus Ember Moon. Obviously, Ember Moon gave up the title, cool. title because then she showed up on Raw as Nia Jax's partner. Um, I like Shayna Baszler as a wrestler. I, I, I laughed when she won the belt because because I, I I snarkly turned and said, well the only way she was winning a belt was if she won a fake one. Um, but you know, good for her. Mm. I bet she's found a second life as a wrestler uh, because she sure as shit wasn't gonna find it in MMA. And I think you know, it, coming from MMA into wrestling, it gives her it gives her that edge. It gives her a ready made character, and she's really running with it. So good for her. We'll see. You know, I mean, Christ, she's doing better than uh, than fucking Billy Kay or the other broad uh, her partner there have done. Oh, uh, neg-
2: negative on that.
4: Oh, really? What have they accomplished?
2: They, they made their debut tonight.
4: Oh, did they? Okay. Oh, I know one of them was in the battle royal.
2: The iconic duo made their debut tonight officially oh, on good SmackDown.
4: Good for them. I
2: right, take. It uh, and yeah, I think Shayna Baszler is just trash.
4: Okay, I I, I like what she's done so far. Um, the only other well, the only other thing I'll mention, and then we can move on. And finally, the authors of pain finally showed up on Raw. That was which I was thrilled about. But um, yeah. getting getting our of ourselves. Um, the, the Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa match uh, I thought it was great I thought it had a lot of heat to it uh, A lot of brutality Without it being You know A garbage match Where they were hitting each other With lawnmowers Or some shit like that You know I thought As far as blood feuds go And in, in, you know In in the bloodless WWE Yeah I thought they pulled it off And um, you know It made Johnny Gargano And Tommaso Ciampa That much more interesting In my opinion Pat Anything on this one?
2: Um, Johnny Gargano Versus Ciampa Is my early candidate for Match of the Year. I think it it especially drew upon the story that's been building with them for close to a year now. I I think the storytelling in it was just awesome. You combine that with some incredible work, real, real uh, moments that play off of the past between them that everybody remembers who's followed them, Uh, just so well put together, Uh, an, an amazing finish to it. This, this, you know, and to stand out like it did after not only the Ladder match, but the NXT title match, this was incredible between two just phenomenal workers with unbelievable chemistry, not only as partners, but now as opponents, uh, blown away by it. Easily my early match of the year contender.
4: All right, mm. pa- Pat, any other thoughts on NXT? I, I mean, it was a great, I thought it was a great card top to bottom. I don't think there was a bad match on here. Um, as usual, like the NXT Tends to be my my favorite over the actual WrestleMania card. But um, your thoughts, sir, overall?
2: Um, Overall, just probably the best complete complete show rating. This is probably the best so far of the year from any promotion, whether it's WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan. I think this was the most fulfilling, best put together uh, super show so far. Uh, Literally the only match I didn't like was Shayna Baszler and Ember Moon because I, I think Shayna Baszler's work is terrible. Everything else I enjoyed thoroughly, um, and it had three matches on here that were just completely unbelievable. But the ladder match, uh, Alistair Black and Andrade for the the NXT title was great. Um, I hope Andrade gets the call up. And Gargano Champo, like I said, is my early match of the year favorite.
4: I, I got to imagine going forward uh, with Roderick Strong, Roddy, uh, Roddy, yeah. joining the Undisputed yeah. Era. <laughs> no, Roddy, not Ronnie. I would oh, imagine funny. with with Roderick Strong in the Undisputed Era, Johnny Gargano spends the next year feuding with the Undisputed Era, kind of working his way through him.
2: God, I God, I'm. God, I, I, I want to touch myself to the thought of Johnny versus <laughs> Roddy on a regular basis.
4: Um, yeah, I got to imagine that at some point Come over himself, the next cool. year, <laughs> we're going to see uh, Gargano versus Cole for either the. North American title or the uh, the NXT championship, but you you no. Know, know,
2: it's crazy to you Is that I just said that I want to touch myself to the thought of two guys in tights rolling around, and that's not even like the gayest thing I've said today. <laughs> Terrific.
4: <Huh>. All right. <laughs> WrestleMania 34. Jesse, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Give me your give me your good, the bad, and the ugly here. I want to hear from you. We haven't had a you know, we haven't heard a lot of a lot from you tonight. So I want you to take the ball and run with it, my friend. The good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania 34. Go.
5: Okay. All right. I'm trying to think of my favorite moment of the night, and I honestly think it comes down to the Ronda Rousey uh, match, you know, where she, she teamed with Kurt Angle. Now, it, it, this was, uh, you know, this was supposed to be the – the christening of ronda rousey as she comes in and has she worked at all in raw because ladies and gentlemen if you haven't been able to tell i've watched jack shit when it come to wrestling <laughs> coming up to wrestlemania i mean I've, i think i've watched royal rumble where she showed up but has she done any work other than just promos and shit like that up until the, the match
3: we, we that's it's generous to call them promos but we can call them that okay yeah
5: <laughs> well I was actually, you know, I was into this match. This was a match that I really was invested in, uh, and I think it had most of the the most cinematic spots throughout most of what I saw through WrestleMania. Now, there were definite I mean, there were definite uh, candidates for way better matches on the card, but when it comes to, like, cinematography, nothing will top, in my opinion, when she had Stephanie down and she's and Stephanie is screaming please do not do not put me in the arm bar basically begging for her life and Rhonda muscles her way in there and her fingers just inch apart to where she has her right there and Stephanie's begging and then she finally locks it in and immediately taps uh, to me for some reason that just it, it was that deserved to be on film and it spoke so much of a story I mean it's not much that we, uh, we aren't going to really be surprised that Stephanie McMahon's acting like a total shitbag, uh, but that's what she was supposed to do. She portrayed that so well, in my opinion, all right? So that was, that was probably my most uh, memorable part of, of WrestleMania. Uh, man, when it comes to the bad, all right? Real easy. Real easy, okay? The bad is seven hours... <laughs> a motherfucking WrestleMania. <laughs> mm. The bad is me going over to a friend's house that lives 45 minutes away, so I can hang out with him and almost falling asleep in his chair because the main event almost it was like a dose of NyQuil. I, I, I digress. Dude, next time
3: we just need to make it a, a weekend and come on down here and hang out,
5: <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, if I would have had a place to stay, I would have. I I mean, that's what I should have done. I should have camped out at his house because it was – he starts at 20 minutes late, and, you know, it's rolling on at, like, 20 till. I'm trying to keep up a conversation with you guys on Instant Messenger through Facebook, and I swear both of you, you're asleep. (laughs) Mark Radlich is ignoring me. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, you know, there's these guys are, are smart. They're at home and they're in their beds. So I continue to resent WrestleMania that much more <laughs> because I'm sitting at somebody else's house and my friends are sleeping. So the the length of this show was out of control. I didn't get home until five after one, and mm. I was mad. And I was I was really mad, I, because it it just went on for so long.
3: And you missed the mass, You missed the last three matches on that. No kidding.
5: Oh, I was going to say one. <laughs> Wait a second.
4: Now I'm really upset. It was Bill Goldberg uh, versus the Ghost of Ultimate him, Warrior. <laughs> no,
5: well, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if, if any – no, never mind. I'm sure there's a reason as to why they ended it with the Brock Roman Reigns thing, That which was <sighs> – I, I don't know how many times I can heave uh, because <laughs> I, I it, it was just a – Textbook match, in my opinion. I'm glad. I'm so glad we got to see the same match. You know, this is going to be. This is almost Cena Orton 95 times over. You know, where you see it every time. Oh, here goes. uh, Here goes Roman Reigns. He's spearing and he's. uh, Enough of that. The ugly, because I'll let you guys harp on that. I'm sure the ugly, and people are going to hate me for this. That's our newest tag team champion, mm. <laughs> uh, Nicholas. All right.
3: Mm. So I don't uh, hate you for it.
5: I, I I understand. I understand that. I would assume this is a Make-A-Wish kid. Is that correct? Anybody can? can oh, anybody nope. confirm? No, nope.
3: the it's, child he of a is. Rap.
5: Oh, I He could, is
3: in the family.
5: I can hate this kid. Do it. Do First of all, <laughs> all
2: that's that a disservice to the Make-A-Wish kids because they should be hated just as equally as everyone else. <laughs> oh, no. You're, you're treating them differently because of an impairment, and that is not fair, sir. All right, all right, all right. Those Make-A-Wish kids deserve just as much hate as anybody else. <laughs>
4: I love uh, I love the fact that Pat just gave a coherent argument to why we should hate the at Whiskins.
5: Well, let me this this stems from my my assumption here, uh you know, stems from actually going to my first raw, well, i say my first raw my last raw I went to uh up in Columbus, Ohio, and this was a few years back where I was already already to boo John Cena and he comes out and and he is doing something with the make a you know the Make-A-Wish kids at that point, so I couldn't boo him at that point in time. So I thought, well, they're going to do the same thing. They've they have lined it up to make some kids' dream come true on WrestleMania, and he's going to be given a championship. Uh, and I was like, oh well, okay, I guess I I shouldn't hate uh, you know for them making some kids' dream come true. But now you're telling me that this is not the case, and I can legitimately really, you know, wish that whoever came up with this idea should kick themselves in the balls somehow.
3: Well, uh, there's no way they can get a real a real kid out of the audience up there because of insurance and everything else. Dude,
5: They get a real kid out in the audience.
4: He tries to take down Cesaro. Right.
3: <laughs> if he, if, or if, if the kid just, you know, does what he's supposed to do and stands there, and he's like, and he's sick anyway. If he's a Make a Wish kid, and then all of a sudden, uh, Seamus accidentally like gives him the, the big boot to the face and knocks <laughs> him into the third row. He, I mean, there's going to be lawsuits, and and to say the least, I'd pay okay. money. So,
4: I would absolutely pay money for that.
5: I mean, just I believe every word you're discovery. saying. That's why I thought they didn't. I mean, they, uh, he wasn't. If he was taking shots at the wrestlers, you know, I, I might have said, "Oh, okay, well, this is clearly but they, not work." He, but.
1: He wasn't right. doing any of that. He,
5: he, he actually looked like, he, if you looked at him, he had like a bracelet on. And I was like, oh, man, he's got a medical bracelet on and everything. Jesus, poor kid. I hope he's it's okay. That
3: one kid that was following Braun Strowman around. Like, pick me, pick me. and he's, <laughs> uh, but, uh, Oh, he... the
2: little fat kid with the glasses?
3: Yeah. <laughs> and But uh, it was just, it, you know, it, to see Seamus punt a child into the third row, I mean, that would be pretty funny. Let me but, tell you.
5: Let me tell you the most salient point that my wife made this morning when I was telling her about that match, and that was, that's horrible. That kid should have been in bed. And I was like, yes, you're right. He should have been in bed. All
3: right, he's got homework. I mean, if you listen to, um, if you listen to freaking, uh, corny on his podcast, it's so you know, well, uh,
2: god, god, damn, what the fuck? I mean, these guys they come in the ruin the fucking business, and. Goddamn, we didn't have no kids in there. I ain't supposed to sell for a fucking nine year old. God damn, fuck.
3: <laughs> right, his one of his um, one of his targets of his of his vitriol is, is Kenny Omega, and because oh, Omega, I knew this
4: goddamn goddamn is where this was going to go. Comes in and
2: has a goddamn match with a fucking twelve year old girl, and he's selling for. Her. I mean, goddamn, lay some shit in there. Fucking hit this girl, knock her damn teeth down her throat, protect the fucking business. Goddamn,
3: what the fuck. <laughs> But, you know, it, I don't know how I, – I, I can't wait to hear how what he says about this because if he doesn't rip this apart, then he is a hypocrite because – Goddamn,
2: he, this fucking okay, he, 12-year-old we, guy
5: <laughs> that they pull out of the Here's, fucking audience. Has Jim Cornett out, been on a show or, with Jesse Ventura? Because if not, yeah. that should happen tonight.
2: Goddamn, every, every fucking guy who's ever been in that company, whether it's damn Heavenly Bodies or fucking – Jake Snake Roberts never held a goddamn title there. But this fucking 11-year-old kid's going to be a world tag team champion. God, fucking... What the fuck?
3: But, I mean, seriously, he, he's all over Kenny Omega for having a, a match against a, a blow-up doll. And then, then he rips into him about having a match against that little girl. Um, which, that little girl can work. <laughs> but... Because uh, <laughs> I've seen that match. Uh, but then they... then WWE pulls this crap against... I actually enjoy the bar. I like them as a mm-hmm. tag team. I think they, they they work. You know, for being two people that were just thrown together because they have nothing else for them. I think they work. I think they do good. They have good charisma, and their entrance was my favorite of the night, uh, minus Charlotte. Um, Charlotte just gave me gave me chills. I loved it, but um, but I mean to to treat these two like you know like this. I mean I understand that. Braun Strowman's your new uh, man, mountain, un, you know, unbeatable monster or whatever. Unless he goes against Brock, then you know, all bets are off. But uh, <laughs> but it's just it, it's a shame that they that they did these guys like that and put a kid. You know, the, he, all he did was just stand there and pick his butt on the side of the ring. Um,
5: I hated and- that. We I almost spoiled that for you before you had the chance to watch it. Uh, and when you woke up, and I was like, I just I think I put in there. Like I, you know, Nicholas just tagged in and it's ten after midnight or some bullshit like that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this this cannot end. We had two more matches to go or one more match to go, and I was like, this can't end
3: soon enough. I think that I think it's disgraceful. I mean, I'll go far as far as that. I mean, it's just one of those things where I mean, this was just a horrible. This was the absolute lowest, um, point of the night. Me.
2: Fucking goddamn! Fucking Randy Savage never held a goddamn tag team championship in the fucking matches. Built a goddamn business and he never fucking held that title. You put the goddamn title on a fucking twelve-year-old boy. It looks like he spends more time in the ladies' bathroom not knowing where to go in Target. And
5: uh, if it wasn't for the by- announcers, if it wasn't for the announcers clearing it up that that was a young boy, I would have went to bed thinking that it was an intergender. Uh, match and somehow this girl won a tag team championship with Braun Strowman.
4: Look, I I, I have a counter argument to all. I have a counter argument to all of this.
5: Of course
2: you do.
3: Hey, what are you doing?
4: let
2: Jim
3: Cornette say his piece.
2: God damn, the fuck, extra
3: cheese,
4: extra cheese. Uh, boy, if you don't listen to any of the Jim Cornette podcast, you're not understanding any of this.
3: You just had. Let me put it that way because <laughs> yeah, really. that's pretty much the only thing that Cornette
4: says. <laughs> I want to talk about the Ronda Rousey match, but let, let let let's get into this Braun Strowman thing real quick. Look, I didn't love it. I, I didn't love that. I, I didn't love that they could have just done Braun Strowman versus the Bar and have him beat both guys. You know, be like I'm my own tag team partner, and then the next night on Raw, say you, you know, know
2: what I didn't love, motherfucker. I didn't love your goddamn fucking apologist and I'm gonna pull you over this goddamn table and beat the fuck out of you. Or net. treat that. Me like the goddamn guy at the fucking county fair, or on the Ferris wheel. So it all goes back to the
3: wrestling thing.
4: Are you Damn. are you done? <laughs>
3: Pat, do you have meds that you didn't take tonight or something?
4: No, this is this is why I have Pat on <laughs> I know. to just randomly I know. burst into it. I'm
3: kidding. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> I'm
4: kidding. Here's the thing. Time.
3: They could
4: they could have said you know they could have just done Braun Strowman versus the Bar. He beats the Bar and he becomes tag team champion by himself. Not the first time that that has happened. And then the next night right. on Raw, Kurt Angle says, "Give me the belt or get a partner. Your choice." And he just says, "Take the fucking belts. I don't need them. I was just making a point. That would so have you been fine too." To
2: value the tag team titles completely.
4: Yeah, because they have a lot of value as as it is currently. Um, you know, the the titles aren't props or anything. Look, they're fake belts. Who cares?
2: You I know? got an idea, bro.
4: <laughs> Swerve, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, that being uh, said, this is like... that, that being said, the whole <sighs> gimmick was that Braun Strowman was you know can go it alone, and he's the monster, and doesn't really whether he picked a kid or he picked some jobber or he picked you know an actual wrestler Cooper. in the back or Gilberg or if he went in alone or if he brought in a fucking you know a blow up doll I actually just to piss Jim Cornette off I would have brought in the blow up doll Joey Ryan and the girl that Kenny Omega wrestled <laughs> <laughs> I think they should have
2: gone with with Braun wearing a disguise and crawling under the ring and coming back out as Brains Strowman. Yes Oh my gosh That would have been amazing.
4: If there was a possible, (laughs) if there was a way to have gotten Braun Strowman in the match, I would have been all for that. But look, like I said, (laughs) Strowman—that that's an actual thing, Jesse. Um, Nice. Look, again, this was the the whole idea was to sell Braun Strowman as you know, as good as two people, if not better, and they did that. So does it really matter that he picked a kid? And it's and again it's yes. not like and it's not like the next night they went and defended the titles and the poor kid had to get back in the ring again. They just gave back the belts. It was a, it's a story. It's a gimmick. Who cares? All right. That,
5: how, can I uh, well, let me ask real quick? How long did they build up this? I, I'm going to have a partner, or who's your partner? I thing. Know,
2: two weeks. They've been telling him. they been telling him he had to have a partner for about three weeks. Okay.
5: So was he more? Playing? Was he playing it off like, okay, I, I don't need anybody, I don't need anybody, or was he yes. Okay, alright, well and that he, makes and sense And
2: then finally, on the go home Raw, he goes, I got a partner, and he's coming out right now And then he like goes in the back and puts on a shirt tie and glasses like Clark Kent and that was strong. Oh, that's fucking awesome
4: <laughs> Hey Pat, you've been watching the Mix Max Challenge Have they finished that yet? Yeah Who won that? Uh, Asuka and The Miz. Oh, okay. See, the, see, to me, the way that they should have done it was... Was Alexa Bliss? Yeah, they should have had Alexa Bliss wearing a t-shirt that says, get these hands.
2: The, <laughs> the problem, though, is that Mixed Match Challenge, apparently, is to actual WWE continuity, what What If is, to the Marvel continuity, where it doesn't actually exist within that plane of reality. Oh,
4: There's nothing
2: from that... Was ever acknowledged outside of that show Okay
4: um, But I like the I, you know, they, they should have had Alexa Bliss drop the title to um, to, Nia Jack, to, to Nia Jax To Nia Jax Earlier in the show And then have Braun Strowman come out and say I have a partner Have Alexa Bliss come out and have them win the tag team titles well, That would yeah, have been
2: fine team, team Little Big was the best thing they've done in weeks And we all wanted to see Alexa Bliss get those hands um, okay. You know Just off camera <laughs> and it just made perfect sense, but you know, making perfect sense is not what we do here.
4: Swerve, bro. bro. All right, let's move on. I, um, go, go ahead, uh, Ronnie. Last words, and then we're, oh, we're moving on. From yeah, this.
3: I'm. I'm just an Alexa Bliss fan, and that that whole match disappointed me. Okay, well,
4: um, yeah, Jesse, did you finish? Because I, I, I feel like I said, "Give me the good, the bad, and the ugly," and all we did was talk about Braun Strowman in the no, 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 <laughs> my my
5: my good was the Ronda Rousey. Okay. Match. Uh, My my bad was the length of WrestleMania, and the ugly was Nicholas.
4: Uh, Pat, how Memphis was that Ronda Rousey match booked? I mean, was that the most Memphis thing you've seen in years?
5: Other
2: than the promoter not going over, yes. I mean, Um, that was. I I will. I will say this: Uh, Ronda did better than I thought she would. I still wouldn't say she did. Well, um, she still she she still can't sell worth a damn. She still throws punches because you know she still doesn't know how to punch. She didn't know how to punch as a fighter. She still doesn't know how to punch. Um, the the bit with her like hitting Triple H where he's like, "What are you doing?" That was entertaining to me for the wrong reasons because <laughs> um, I still don't understand how he just didn't wring her neck or whatever to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that's me, and apparently I, my, my views are more in line with 1955 to 2018, and that's wrong somehow. I had this
4: but, I had this image that, like, they're going over stuff in the back, and, you know, Triple H and, St- and, and uh, Stephanie are talking to Ronda like, hey, Ronda, this is your big sh- debut. We want to make it, you know, we have a lot of stuff planned to really get you over. What, what, what's some of the things you want to do in the match? And in her mind she's going, I want to make it look like I could have beat Holly home. You know, and, and
3: <laughs> I just imagine him going over there, what we're going to do. I'm gonna punch you.
4: <laughs> That's what I mean. Like uh, like she went into the Holly uh, Quick side note. She went into the Holly Holm fight thinking she's a boxer, forgetting that her bread and butter is fucking is breaking arms and hearts. And and she went into that stupid fight with a championship boxer thinking I'm gonna punch you and Holly Holm kicked her fucking head off. <laughs> it's like and I think Rhonda still has PTSD from that. <laughs> like, like, like she just wakes up in the middle and like going, "I can punch!" Oh shit, I'm I was sleeping, um, you know. So, so, so the, the, any spot she does where she's throwing punches, I think she's right back in that Holly Holm fight again. You know, just thinking, I could, I could have done this. I could, I could punch. I, I'm a boxer for reals. Um, I, I cut you off there, but I just had to share that with you. No, but it it's very it, it
2: it was very Memphis in terms of overbooking with referee distraction and and man woman you know whatever and it, it was what it was I was honestly I was just happy to see Kurt Angle in a ring at WrestleMania because Kurt Angle's still the man if you let him he can still hit the gas to sixty five zero to sixty five in seconds and go in there with AJ Styles or whoever and have a great match. So I I was just happy that Kurt, more than anything, got that chance to have a little bit of a moment there. Um, I really did want Triple H and Stephanie to win, though, just because so many people would have been so butthurt about it. (laughs) And honestly, this is how you're going to divide the cool chicks from the not cool chicks this year. So on Halloween, when you're out bar hopping or whatever, if you see a girl dressed in the same attire Ronda wore, if she says for Halloween... She's Sluggy Roddy Piper. She's a keeper. And she says she's Rhonda. She's fucking trash, and just high fakes her away from you. <laughs> uh,
4: a couple of things about this match, and then and then we can move on. One, it, for, for its entertainment value, on two levels, it was my favorite of the entire night. Number one, because the actual match itself, like I said, when I say Memphis, that's not a detriment to the match. That's that. It was highly entertaining. I mean, work rate yes, wise, it was is. it was for Memphis shit. Sucked. But, but, you know, as far as good old fashioned wrestling, you know, where you get a lot of heat on the heels and, you know, and, and, it, and the, the the heels are dastardly, the, 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 the faces are, are righteous. It was it was fantastic and everyone played their role really, really well. But my but my favorite part of the match had nothing to do with what anyone of the what anyone did in the match, per se. It was watching it with my seven year old daughter. Who's looking at me and looking at Stephanie McMahon and going, "She's not supposed to do that." She's dad. She's cheating. Is she supposed to do like screaming at the television at Stephanie and Triple H for being heels?
0: Oh, nice.
4: And it's like when you can get that earnest of a reaction, like you know, when Jim Cornette talks about the old ladies wanting to throw like pipe bombs at fucking wrestlers in Memphis. You know, like we're so far removed from those kinds of reactions where. You know where where it gets into your soul, and so to watch my daughter have have a similar kind of reaction to the heels, the way you're supposed to. Because, I mean, like when you think about it, you know, look at all. Like, let's go back to NXT for a second. Adam Cole is a heel, but he was cheered by the entire NXT audience. <laughs> they all yelled out "Adam Cole, baby." EC three, the top, you know, everyone's favorite one percenter is a heel, and people were cheering him. So it's like it's cool to cheer the heel. It, it has been since the '90s. But then you have the seven year old who's just like, Oh my god, I hate them. They're terrible people. How could they cheat like that? It's not fair. Just it made my heart, you know, it's like, oh, that's why I watch wrestling. The other thing I kept thinking about was when they did the table spot and I and I had this flashback moment to SummerSlam where the table collapsed as they were doing the pedigree spot and knocked Kurt Angle out. And I'm like, Oh please yeah, recreate everybody fuck <laughs> <thought> that <laughs> I was like, please recreate that spot. Kill Kurt Angle on a table. <laughs> We're just
2: waiting for that table to break out from underneath them, like way ahead of time, and nobody's prepared. And Kurt Angle dies.
4: <laughs> I was waiting for it, man. I was, ch- I, I, I lost it in front of my kids and my wife, and it was just like, "Kill Kurt Angle, come on!" I was like, "I don't remember really think against Kurt Angle. I just wanted to see that spot again where he almost died." Um, <laughs> Ronnie Adams, the good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania, go.
3: Uh, the good was the Ronda Rousey match. I thought I'm on the opposite end of Patrick. I think uh, I think uh, she looked really good in the ring. Uh, I was I I tuned in just to see if it was going to be a car wreck or not, a train wreck or not. I thought it was going to be like um, just somebody roll a dumpster in the middle of the ring and set it on fire, um, <laughs> and then
4: push Cactus Jack into
3: so, it. Right. <laughs> that would have made it better. Um, but uh, but it, I was I was. Very surprised, pleasantly surprised that how well she did, and and I got into the match. I was I was much like your daughter. I was like I, I was cheering them on, and I was really happy to see that she has put some work in, you know. And 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 um, at the end of the match, when she was smiling and hugging Kurt, you know, and and wouldn't let go, and he almost looked, looked halfway uncomfortable, like okay, you got to let go now. Um, but uh, it, it, it just seems like she's genuinely happy to be there. To be a part of it. And um, so I, I was really into it. Um, th- let's see, the bad... I'm sorry, the bad for me is going to be Brock keeping the... I mean, well, the Brock and Roman, there was no way I could cheer anybody on in this match. <laughs> there, there were no good outcomes for me what, whatsoever. Um, it this was just, is
5: awful. <laughs> this yeah.
3: is awful. This is awful. It was just it was just a terrible match for me all around. Have you heard? no matter,
4: have you heard the behind the scenes stuff about that match? No,
3: just no matter who won, I I was not going to be happy. But what what about the behind the scenes?
4: So I don't know if you've heard this either, Pat. um, But I I read today that going into the match, the Roman Reigns was supposed to win. In the middle of the match, they got word down to Brock and Roman swerve bro we're switching it to brock the crowd hates you the
5: crowd hate who? which one
4: (laughs) the crowd hates roman reigns
5: (laughs) okay please specify because i happen to hate them both
4: so the crowd hates roman reigns and um and vince decided let's punt on this we're still going to make him champion and i guess he's going to feud with samoa joe more on that in a little bit but um, we're going to punt on this. We're going to keep the title on Brock. Brock's going to re-sign with Paul Heyman, at least for the short term. And we'll put the title on Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia.
3: Mm. Is that, a that, question? that doesn't make me happy.
4: That's, that's the plan. That's at least what I've read.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. I heard that uh, because of the renegotiation with Brock, they were like, how can we get Lashley over real fast? And they're going to have Brock apparently work with Roman again in Saudi Arabia because it'll 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 be something that the audience, I guess, they feel that they want to see. And then they're going to move with Lashley versus Brock, uh, which I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea, but I don't think it needs it's to a be the idea. world title. I don't. Well, I don't think it needs to be the world title program.
4: No, I think I think take the title off of Brock, um, put it I'm on. Sorry,
2: Universal Title.
4: Put put the put it on Roman Reigns. Have Roman Reigns feud with Samoa Joe first, and then have um, you know, and then have him work with uh, with Bobby Lashley down the line, and then they can sw- then they can they can move Bobby Lashley over to Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and have Roman Reigns do something else.
2: Also, I'm just saying, like I know this is a little bit off topic, but. Signing Bobby Lashley back. Do they forget that when they released him, like, they really didn't have a reason to release him at the time either? Like, they pushed him and everything was seemingly swimmingly fine, and all of a sudden just, now nah, we're going to release him, it's fine, don't worry about it. I thought it. he
4: asked for his release because he wanted to go do MMA. I,
2: I don't think so. I think they just kind of sp- spur of the moment released him, and... It was just like, okay, I'm going to go to TNA now. No, I thought and then it, he didn't do, do the TNA or the MMA for a couple of years.
4: I thought this was another situation where his broad um, took, got ill favor with the office, and so she got canned. And then he was like, "Well, if she's getting canned, then I want that I want out too." I just remember Bobby Lassie not being happy. You know, he's another one not happy with the business, not happy with the WWE, and was like, "I'll just go do something else." And then he ended up in Strike Force for a few years. And then TNA No, they they fired, They fired. released him after he had shoulder surgery Oh, uh, maybe Because um, I know he was a big part of ECW there for a while Like,
2: Yeah, like, he was in an angle with Vince Like, you don't get higher profile than being in a feud with Vince Oh, that's like, he right was he, Donald, he, had a, he was he had a, Donald re- Trump's chosen champion that was
4: Trump He had the fight against Dumaga didn't he, at WrestleMania? Yes, yes he was the
2: avatar for the president of the United States.
4: <laughs> well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, is there anybody left in TNA at this point, or has everybody at this point come back? Like the only one, I feel like the only Pretty one much left. Everybody's...
3: In... Go ahead. I mean, even uh, even um, uh, Storm is gone. James, yeah, James Storm. James Storm left. He was like the last guy I could
2: think of.
4: Uh, but they have Austin Aries yeah, back, that's... so that's good.
2: Yeah, Austin Aries. Oh, that's
3: <laughs> I mean, I was so excited for him to come is. to WWE, and then his attitude and his his ego got the best of him, and uh, and uh, you know, I was I was ready for him to go.
4: Yeah. Um, okay, so your good was Ronda Rousey. Your bad was um, your bad Brock, was was Brock and Brock Roman. What, what was your ugly?
3: Yeah. Uh ugly was a tie. Uh ugly was a tie with uh, uh Jinder Mahal winning the US championship uh US title and Racist. uh the kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I just don't <laughs> like him. <laughs>
5: <Mahal>. Backney Back- <laughs> Mahal.
4: Nice. Wow. <laughs> yep. uh oh, poor Jinder, he tries so hard. <laughs> All right, Pat. You're what?
3: I mean to find a new place to stick the needle. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Don't pick on gender. Um, you guys wanted something different. For you wanted something different for SmackDown. Then you complain when they threw it on the Indian, um, Pat. Not, <laughs> what? No, 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 no,
3: no, 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 no. That's not it. How it goes at all. And don't don't bring the Indian into it. Um, I just don't like Jinder Mahal as a wrestler. I think he. Guys, would, I the think proper, he's a the choice. Proper
5: term
2: is Native American. <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 All right, Pat. You're good, the bad, and the ugly of WrestleMania. Go.
2: Uh, good would be the opening triple threat match for the Intercontinental Title. Um, <laughs> I th- I thought it was the best match on the show. Um, even if the Miz lost, which is unfortunate, I, I think. The action was probably the best. It was a pretty decent, developed feud going into it. Nobody looked out of place or uncomfortable. I thought the match delivered and was a strong opener for the the actual, like, WrestleMania portion of the show. The bad would be... Ugh, so much to pick from. The (laughs) bad... (laughs) The bad would be the kid. Good lord, that was a terrible idea. Um... The ugly. Ugh. Again, so much to pick from. But to me, what was the point of Undertaker John Cena? Yes,
4: oh, finally. Yeah. Someone said it. No. Ugh. No, no, no. Oh, no. We're not
0: alone. We're not... No, you know what makes
5: it even uglier is John Cena running up the ramp at the end of that uh, Asuka Charlotte match. And I'm like, I'm, yeah, sitting that sitting took there, I'm going, that took a lot away from. Because I thought that was a pretty decent match. And they, yeah, had, to Charlotte do, Flair they had to force John Cena in there.
4: Charlotte Flair kind of looking at John Cena like, nice to steal my moment,
5: dick. No kidding. Yeah, fake-ass smile. And she's like, was that John Cena? And I bet she turned her head and was like, motherfucker. Yeah,
4: fuck
2: Charlotte. She only has a, she only has a moment because her dad, and he sucked too.
5: Ooh, that, that would be Pet. That would be yeah, a hot take, bro. sir. A hot take.
4: That's not the first time you said that, and T- Pat and I are known for agreeing on the fact that Ric Flair sucks.
5: Oh,
3: Congratulations, Flair suck. you're both wrong. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> um, Here's the deal, though. They just needed to redeem the crap hand that he was dealt with Brock and Romans. You can't let a legend like The Undertaker go out like that. I'm sorry, Undertaker. you can't. He sucked, too.
5: Well, look. Oh, you no, know he
2: sucks. I've had enough, his streak, of you, Pat. His streak. First of all, the streak was meaningless. Okay, hang on, hang on, Pat. Remember
4: Me- when we did an entire Casual Heroes episode tearing down the Undertaker's career bit by bit? Yeah, remember that? Oh, good it times. Best nice <laughs> Like an hour and a half of us saying nothing the Undertaker did was ever good.
2: It wasn't. It he's was. Done, he's done shit. If he wasn't working with Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels or Mick Foley, his matches sucked. He spent the first, like, seven years of his career walking around not selling anything and choking people. <laughs> doing that shit. Not having any good matches. Well, look, at, look at the all company and the era he was in. guys in the back of his head. What was different about him and the Warrior? Nothing. Nothing. They were cartoons with limited ability. And then all of a sudden, what
3: was- he, wore, he wore
2: purple... And he added, like, three moves to his repertoire. But meanwhile, he was working with Brett and working with Sean and all these guys who were, you know, the best of the best. So, of course, his matches aren't going to be the worst. And then meanwhile, when it was up to him to carry the match, he couldn't do it. They they talk about, oh, well, he had to work with the Giants. They weren't the best guys. Fucking Brett Hart had to work with fucking shit guys all the time, and he made them look great. Shawn Michaels had to work with shit guys, and he made them look great. Taker's shit sucked because Taker sucked.
3: Okay, Those
0: all right. Fucking please,
3: you know what? Please. I don't know who... Wait, wait, no. I don't know who hurt you, Pat, but you need to let it go. <laughs> please, please tell us why hey, you didn't it like... it out. Please
5: um, tell us... Okay, there we go. I'm glad you finished that. Um, please explain why you didn't like the match between Cena and The Undertaker. What, it what was made you stupid. think that was ugly?
2: It was... What was the purpose of this? It accomplished nothing. There is nothing gained from this You take If you John know, Cena I, I had John taken Cena out his, if, if
1: his if career C- out
2: at this point But at the same time He's going to be around a lot more than the Undertaker is And if you're going to pin a loss on him You do it in 2 minutes and 30 seconds 25. Where he gets no offense in
4: 45 seconds I'm looking two, at the Wiki.
2: 245 Excuse me <laughs> I estimated, I apologize Two forty, Where he gets no offense in Gets completely squashed by a guy who is not physically capable of going longer than two minutes and forty-five seconds in the span of a calendar year. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, if you want to talk about gender being the poster boy for back knee, as soon as Taker pulled those straps down,
5: his back looked like a fourteen-year-old kid's face who loves chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i will tell you this i am in complete agreement with pat in regards to that match because jack was shut your mouth no that match was <laughs> ridiculous i he used the term squash and that's the exact same word that i used when i looked over at my friend who's a huge taker mark and i said i said this was ridiculous all taker did was walk into that ring and get every single one of his you know taker moves in uh, other than uh, the last ride That's the one thing You didn't see You saw old school And it was almost like A fucking succession Of every take or move And then that, And then He's done I'm like This made no sense This should have been I understand the apology This is your apology Hey We should have never Ended the streak apology? Or whatever You do the fucking honors You go out You've had your chance <laughs> Pat <laughs> <laughs> Alright Ronnie Let me hear what you have to say Why Tell me Tell me I just... why
3: I think it was an apology for for uh, letting a legend like the Undertaker go out on a sour note and lose to 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 two guys he shouldn't have lost to. Um the 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 ending of the streak had had there was you know when the end of the streak it meant nothing. There was there was nothing this to it. This match meant nothing. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I don't know who hurt you, Jesse. <laughs> God damn! Where's my beer? <laughs> but the thing about you know he's been he's he oh god I'm so flustered right now.
4: <laughs> <sighs> can, I, can I let me jump in here? Okay, a couple a couple of things because I because can
3: just, oh, okay well, let me let me finish my thought. It was an apology because the way he the way they ended the streak was crap. the The fact that they put Roman Reigns over uh, over on him was crap and I think it I don't think it was I think it was Cena was in on it or at least he had to agree to it wholeheartedly otherwise it wouldn't have happened I mean Cena's got that much stroke in the company you know that he can say no I don't want to do that and they're not going to make him do it
5: well this Um, this match is not the taker's fault this is all you know I don't blame just solidly taker as to what's going on here this is all the back you know all these people making these decisions and this was not a good decision in any way. No, right. well,
3: it, it, you can say that, but it, the fact of the matter, I mean, I understand that it doesn't mean anything, I, and I get that. But for guys like me who have been an Undertaker fan for years, it, it meant a lot that they let him go out on a high note. Why um, should he while, go out you know This is not a good match.
2: Why should he go out on a high note? When you go out, you do the because honors. Because
3: he gave a. Okay. There, there... No, I could, you know. The, no matter what I say, y'all are going to disagree now, with I, it, so i I
5: agree with you, Ronnie, that he should have went out on a high note. This okay. was not a high yes. note. But if you're gonna, And then if you're going to go out on a high note, you don't do a fucking squash over the greatest
2: fucking guy you ever had and bury him. You, you know, you let him go out. You were obviously way alive. more
3: angry about this than I've ever been in fucking my Jesus life.
2: Sucks. He's me, the fucking worst.
4: Let me tell you a couple <laughs> things. One, I had, even when they, going, going back a few months, when they, when they floated the idea of John Cena versus the Undertaker at WrestleMania, I was like, well, at least it's something different for John Cena. And had they actually built to a real match, I might have been interested. When the story was, will the Undertaker even show up to WrestleMania, I stopped caring. And then they did the bit with John Cena in the audience, and it's like, I know where this is going. And unless they do a swerve, bro where it's not the Undertaker who comes out, it's fucking Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe fucking throws John Cena through a table. I'm not going to be... I, there was no way they was just going to capture my interest. However, I also know that I'm not in the majority. I'm, th- that's a minority opinion that there are people in the audience who see John Cena do anything no matter how, he could have jerked off on a camera. People would be like, Yahoo! John Cena! Same thing goes for The Undertaker. The Undertaker shows up, drops his pants in the ring, shows everyone his dick, everyone's like, yes! Undertaker, that's what we came here for. Undertaker penis. Alright, that's... that's yeah, hey, I got that. my deal. Yeah, I got my deal. Um, so, I, I get... that's I'm the just, thing. Every year, WrestleMania does some sort of backstage sketch, you know, where Brother Love runs out and, you know, humps the leg of somebody and somebody else runs in and Ron Simmons yells, damn, you know, there's always some five minute stupid sketch they do. This year, they said, what if we did the sketch in the ring? You know, that's what this was. This wasn't that's why to me, this this made my ugly list as well. Be- not be- not necessarily because the Undertaker won or or you know whatever. Because I didn't care if if John Cena pinned him. I wouldn't have. I didn't really care that he won. My point is they didn't do anything to make me care about that entire segment. And th- their, either of their cult of personalities wasn't enough for me to care. For some people, for for a lot of people probably it was. Obviously for Ronnie it is. For for Jesse it is. For myself and Pat, not really. Um so, so my my last word on this. Just, my, my last word on this before we move I'm, I'm on. I'm sorry. I don't mean,
3: yeah, go ahead. Is <laughs> Ronnie's pissed? He's fired up.
4: <laughs> like if they had, you know, I'm
3: just sitting here with a hot garbage tar- tire fire that was Brock versus Roman on the screen right now, and people are mad over Undertaker and John Cena because it was this garbage, was, dude. Uh, <laughs> trash. It was dude, the, what, garbage. Then you watched the main event. You watched uh, the main event or that- some. <laughs>
4: That was a real match.
3: Shave an ace in the middle of the ring with a no-talent hack like Roman Reigns, and you draw whoa, a little blood, whoa, and everybody gets crazy. Telling me, you're trying to talk about The
2: Undertaker to me, and i saying Roman's got no talent.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Ron, yeah. Ron, how about Jimmy, that? That's Ronny, exactly how, about how I do that. Stop, stop. How about like.
2: we put Roman in the top hat and a trench coat? Tell him not to tell him nothing.
3: I choke everybody.
4: Goddamn. All right, take. They dude, pretty dude,
3: much dude. did. like, I mean, like right now, he's hanging off of, he's hanging off of Vince's nuts. You know, Ronnie, by, you, by Ronnie, the last. Can you take
4: a xanax? By the last just ball Can you, <laughs> Ronnie, take a xanax? Take, take a breath. <laughs> Start with a breath. Dude, dude, dude. Work your way towards xanax. Michael Hayes, back to your corner, please. <laughs> go, go, fucking sing and dance for a moment in your, in your rebel flag robe. Look. I, I'm not going to compare the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match to the sketch that was the Undertaker-John Cena bit, okay? Because that, that's, 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 to me, the difference. You want to talk about you don't like Brock Lesnar, you don't like Roman Reigns, and you didn't like their match. That's a whole other discussion with a different set of issues. To me, this was—they they, they try to tell this ridiculous story, and instead they, they, they took away Charlotte's moment— they gave John Cena nothing. They gave The Undertaker nothing, and it was just a silly sketch in the middle of the ring that took. I mean, it was two. They're saying it's two minutes and forty-five seconds. That's my. That's not even counting the time with Elias and everything else. I just, I just this was oh, just yeah. a waste of time. That's my biggest issue with it is that John Cena goes from being like the main event, and like even last year when he was in. You know, when he was in an attraction match where at the end of it he got to propose to his girlfriend, at least that was a moment. That was a you know, that was a fun thing for all the chicks in Orlando. This year, and he goes from like that to doing a sketch with The Undertaker. And why? Because everyone in the back and everyone in the office still think you know, still is like, Oh, you know, we got it's the WrestleMania, we're gonna drag this fucker out every year till he's dead because people expect the Undertaker to be at WrestleMania. And it's just like, come on, at some point, turn the page, evolve, move this on. You know, and, and so it's like, if you're going to me, this was if you're going to do a match with the Undertaker, do a match, build it. up exactly. exactly. Don't give me hot garbage in the middle of the ring and expect me to, tr- you know, to react the same way. Because to me, I thought and this might be, you know, a, sort of a ridiculous take in some people's minds. But to me, I think it takes away from the actual matches on the card where people were trying. You know, j- j- you know, like I said, The Undertaker just busts out his hitch and John Cena sells for him like he's fucking Deshaun Michaels. You know, just bumping all over the place. I Just, whatever. You know, you might not like Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns, and you might think Roman Reigns can't work, and I wouldn't disagree with you, but at least that was a match, and at least they tried. Sort of.
3: It's the exact same match that I've seen them do a million times.
4: Ah, but the key word is match. I'm sorry, I mean... I'm not. I'm not getting all excited for the for the Undertaker John Cena Saturday Night Live sketch that they did. (laughs) I see. Welcome to (laughs) Saturday
5: Night. Uh, Uh,
4: This was. This was. uh, I wanted to give Pat his good, bad, and ugly. So Pat, anything more on this?
2: No, I think we've said enough.
4: Yeah. Oh boy, that entire conversation took longer than the actual bit did. Um. (laughs) That's the truth. All right, so my good, bad, and the ugly. Um, as far as work rate goes, my two favorite matches of the night were Charlotte, Asuka, and and the Seth Rollins, Miz, Finn Balor match. Um, as, you know, like I said, the both matches I thought the work was phenomenal, and they were probably the highlights of the card. As far as like attractions and you know most fun watching. Uh, Ronda Rousey, Kurt, Stephanie, Triple H, and actually the the Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Dude, I love Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn yelling at people. Look what you made me do! Like fucking domestic violence yeah. uh, <laughs> husbands. They're, <laughs>
3: they're they're they are perfect heels together. I mean, I just it's it's amazing to see what they're they're doing with it, you know with one another, and I'm just glad that they're using Sami Zayn to for something. Mm-hmm. Something I don't, you know, it's 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 he's just too talented for them to waste.
5: Wasn't it not too long ago that those guys were like on the outs and like people were thinking that they were going to be done or, or yes. I something, something happened
4: overseas or whatever. Okay. Um, well, I'm my, glad uh, they, I'm
5: glad they're still around because I, I enjoy them.
4: My bad was the fatal four way. It just wasn't a good match. It was way short. It was only eight minutes and fifteen seconds. I don't really care that um. God, who even won the oh Jinder Mahal. I don't really care that Jinder yep. Mahal won the title. I like Jinder, you know. I think he, I think he makes for a fun heel. Um, I liked when he was the, when he was SmackDown champion. I thought, you know, well, this is at least fun and interesting and different. Um, I would have preferred if Bobby Roode had won, you know, or Rusev, and I would have preferred if Randy Orton was hit by a truck. But none of those things happened.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you, I'm glad you feel the same way about Orton that I do. Um, uh, I just at least thought it was a. Can t-
4: I just thought it was a terribly worked match. Um, I thought it was the worst worst worked match. Because, I mean, like, some of the other ones, like, like the tag team match was inoffensive. It was five minutes, almost six minutes long. Um, the Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, both of them, it worked. I mean, I don't think they didn't work well. You know, it was fine for what it was. You know, AJ Styles, Shinsuke yeah. Nakamura was fine. You know, was it a four-star classic? Meh. I don't know. It didn't leave an impressionable memory. For me, but it wasn't the worst thing ever. Um, the ugly, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I agree with you guys. The stupidest thing, I uh, no, the equally stupid was John Cena Undertaker. But we have now spent twelve oh my hours God, on that. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say equally stupid was the Nicholas thing. But I, I just, I'm not as passionately against it as as the rest of you guys. So, um, all in all, this was not the worst WrestleMania I've seen. I was, I'm, I'm glad Daniel Bryan's back. I cry. I ugly cried when he won the title at WrestleMania 30. I'm glad he's back uh, and able to wrestle again. The one disappointment is there were none of the entrances were as hilarious as any of Triple H's entrances have been for the last three years. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, next, not, not, not last year was just, was just him riding the motorcycle. Um, and Seth Rollins coming out with the torch. So let so the three years prior to that one, you know, where he showed up um, at WrestleMania 30 in the crown and everything and all the NXT chicks were dressed up. That one was hilarious. The Terminator one's still my favorite. Oh
0: yes. The Terminator oh, entrance.
4: So the Terminator entrance was so funny. Um, and, and to me still the best entrance ever is Rusev's. Like that year just had a bunch of like really great entrances. On the tank. Rusev yeah, on the tank. tank. Yeah, yep, it's yeah. No, nothing has beaten Rusev on the tank yet, um, and nothing this year did. Like, I, like somebody somebody wrote that uh, Seth Rollins did a Game of Thrones entrance. I had to be told that because I had no idea. And I watched Game yeah, of Thrones.
3: He was, I he, thought that was Game of Thrones. He was a White Walker.
4: Um yeah. you know the New Day had had some fun entrances this year. Was you know, oh this year <laughs> I forgot was all about yeah. the <laughs> pancake
2: midget short stacks. Not only, not only were they I, seriously we they were retard
5: pancake midges. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, I resemble one of them. Aww. That was my highlight of the night when I, I get. A... I don't think you're downy Jesse. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> that, Pat. I do. Um, my biggest my disappointment thing, of the my night, is, though, is
3: you're missing out. My biggest... I think they're missing out a big opportunity by calling them not calling them short stacks. Short stacks. <laughs> I love Terrific. it. I my
4: biggest—I have been waiting for Finn Balor to be in a match at WrestleMania, so I could see him do the demon in a in a in a stadium, and I got robbed oh, he of that. A demon in him so all they, right. Huh?
2: Oh, he had a demon going all right. Oh,
4: stop it! Um, and <laughs> instead, he—and and this is what I wanted to say before—they—they turned. And it's probably going to be the last point, and then we're going to work towards ending the show here. But they've turned Finn Balor from something special with the demon character into just another guy. Like, if I had no well, idea... He's not if, just
2: another guy.
4: <laughs> who he bangs I, I, in his private I, time is his business. Nothing I'm saw a judge meme, him for. I,
5: I saw a meme on Facebook where it it just had this stick figure and it said Finn Balor over it. And then on the other side, it had uh, something that said "Demon King," and he was reaching out towards that. And then in the next panel, it had this big cuddly thing coming up behind him and grabbing him, and he's turning and looking back, and it says "Rainbows." I was like, "Okay, so <laughs> I, 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 I missed the entrance." So yeah, apparently, I think,
2: he. I think the Balor Club is located down the block from the Blue Oyster Club. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs>
4: he had, he had a,
3: an LGB. XYZ <laughs> club going, uh, come in with him. God, like, yeah. like, okay. had, I see uh, had, I
5: didn't see the entrance. They I didn't were know all, what it
3: meant. Yeah, they were was. all in his his shirt with his symbol and it, the symbol is uh, rainbow, uh, has the rainbow in it and everything. That's why his tights were been, like that.
2: Would that have been more appropriate for the Wrestlemania in Orlando? Womp womp.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he went there. And, uh, it's a living. Bubble <laughs> <laughs> <Don't go> there. <laughs> Pat. You live there
4: uh, all right. Hot uh, takes. Hot
5: takes. <laughs> Serving up hot takes and hot cakes, baby.
4: Jesse, f-
5: <laughs> Sacks, I'm telling you.
4: Jesse, 50 words or less on WrestleMania, the you know, whatever anything left unsaid. Go.
5: Sure. Uh, when it comes to the this is WrestleMania 34, and I would probably say for myself, it goes in the bottom ten somewhere. I'd say Are you fucking the- kidding me? Bottom ten.
4: Dude, I could rattle off ten right now that were that were far worse than this one.
2: Uh, okay. I don't know that I could.
4: Eleven, right. nine, uh let's see. <laughs> um two. Uh eh, t- eh, two ziffy. Um there were definitely some in the senior years that were so God, the one in Phoenix, ugh.
3: Oh, that was yeah, that
5: was rough. So you're you're saying that there there are far worse WrestleManias in the bottom ten, in your bottom ten than mine. So what Correct. do you think of that? All right. Well,
3: <laughs> I don't remember
5: the Phoenix one. Uh, uh, I'll, pull,
3: I'll
4: pull it up for you while he's talking.
5: I, uh, you know, I just wasn't impressed. I was very upset about the length of this WrestleMania. I'm an old man. We've talked about. <laughs> the demographic. We were just talking about the demographic on our ringside show on source material. And we realized that it's made for kids. And now I understand that these young
4: whippersnappers WrestleMania 32 in Dallas was a hundred times worse than this one. Oh God, I was there live for that. Ugh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm looking at the Phoenix show. The Phoenix show definitely had some ugly, but it also had things that were very good. So I can't say that Phoenix was anywhere near as bad as this.
4: And Shawn Michaels-Taker, whoop-dee-doo.
2: John I mean, cena Shawn cena,
5: Michaels-Taker,
2: de doo <coughs> Shawn carried the... mm-hmm. Dead Man, another classic.
4: Um, I feel like the one, the last New York show, that was uh that, that was, was John, John cena. cena- Rock too. Right. Um, Triple H defeated Brock Lesnar. Um, that was good. The Undertaker defeated CM Punk in a bullshit match. Uh, they both suck. Yeah, Alberto Del Rigo, Jack Swagger, yuck. Oh, Fandango, Fandango beat Chris Jericho. My mm-hmm. point. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I feel like the only the only match on this one that I even gave a shit about it that year was the Shield versus Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus.
3: That was good. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Go ahead, Jesse. Well,
5: keep, oh, that's all right.
4: Keep going until uh, I cut you off and tell you how many other WrestleManias I hated.
5: Please, please make a list. Uh, that's... uh it looks like I'm not interested in watching Raw, which I thought this would hopefully spark a renaissance for me. I used to watch wrestling every Monday for, for the longest time, and I'm waiting for that one time Hang on, where I want to get back in. Yes,
4: you jerk. The WrestleMania in Georgia was so bad, they had to bring The Rock out to fucking save it um, oh. for the next two years, by the way. This was was yeah, that this where
2: was, Miz retained the championship. Yes. What a moment in time.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was the one with Michael Cole versus Jerry Lawler.
2: What a moment!
5: Oh in time. wow, uh, that was bad.
2: Cole, who is un- now undefeated at WrestleMania, riding the high point of his career when he was the most entertaining commentator ever, just calling people out for being terrible, ringing a big gong on NXT. God bless you, Michael Cole, for those years.
4: Yeah, this again, this was the WrestleMania that was so bad. They rehired fucking Brock Lesnar. They brought in The Rock. They were like, yeah, we can't do WrestleManias without, you know, part-time people anymore, or no one will watch. This is terrible. My gosh, this was a good show. Ugh. Uh, This is the the one where Edge defeats Alberto Del Rio and retires the next night.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: and Sheamus beats Daniel Bryan in 18 seconds, which is great.
5: I'm just not as enamored with wrestling as I used to be, and I really do feel that, you know, if the WWE wants to bring me back as a fan, okay, it's... Characters? Please? Something, you know, I, I don't know, let's let's take up the average age of a tag team champion a little bit, I guess. We'll, we'll do that <laughs> while not, we're at it. Let's not
2: just have skinny guys with swimmer's physiques who can put on five-star matches, but... Don't have a personality that you can readily identify?
5: I am hoping that I have the opportunity to watch some more pay per views this year uh, as uh, uh, it it may happen. Maybe I'll get back into it. But WrestleMania 34, just uh, there were some bright spots, but unfortunately, it didn't capture my imagination. It did make me dream a little dream as I almost fell asleep a couple times. But,
2: oh, you didn't swap bodies with an older neighbor because of some magic sunglasses? I
5: don't... <laughs> don't I don't understand the reference. Please that's help me. Deep <laughs> a, <it's> a deep <laughs> cut. WrestleMania, a little dream.
4: WrestleMania 25. Triple H defeats Randy Orton in a match that's so boring I'm still asleep because of it. John Cena defeats Big Show and Edge in a match no one gave a shit about. The Undertaker defeated Shawn Michaels for the first time. It was the only highlight on this thing. Rey Mysterio defeated Speaking Bradshaw...
3: Stop, <laughs> Ronnie
4: Adams.
5: <laughs> Fifty words or less, please.
4: Oh, look who's taking over hosting duties.
5: <laughs> oh well, you go. You're, you're busy with your fucking list. I'm sorry.
2: Dream a little dream. Is a
4: 1989 it, that, film
5: starring yeah, Corey go.
2: Feldman, Corey Haim, Meredith Salinger, Jason Robards. Was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, not far from Ronnie. Released in yep. 1,019 theaters. It accumulated five point five million dollars in theaters. This was the third film featuring the two Corries. The two Corries.
5: The, the That's film right. sequel,
2: Dream a Little Dream Two, was released in nineteen ninety five.
5: The other, what are the other two? There's three films with the two Corries, right? No, Is there's that what they two said? Oh, no, there was a
2: lot of films with third, the two Corries. Third one after License to Drive. License to Lost Drive,
5: Boys. baby. That's
2: right. And Lost Boys. This was the third.
5: Okay, gotcha. All right,
4: Ronnie was doing his fifty words or less. Go ahead, Ronnie. Uh,
3: I overall, it was an entertaining show for me. Uh, I'm a I'm a taker mark, so I enjoyed it. He'd fight me. Um, you enjoyed
5: <laughs> two minutes and forty five seconds of the pay per view. Then congratulations.
3: Yeah, out of seven show hours, out
5: of ten minutes
2: for his entrance. Um,
5: it's out of seven <laughs> fucking hours,
3: <laughs> I'm fucking done. Suck it, all three of you. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, but uh but i, I like the charlotte Noska match was i really loved it um i you know I, I didn't enjoy the fact that they you know they did step on her uh for cena uh and undertaker you know as much as i'm an undertaker mark i didn't i didn't enjoy that but uh um the the one match i feel i should have enjoyed more was the was the the intercontinental match which it was it was a great match i'm just not this is personal um this is not you know and i think he can carry a title I'm just not a Seth Rollins fan. I would much rather have seen Miz retain it or um, they actually do something with Finn Finn Balor um, that, uh, you know, give him a a tag on title or something. Um, So I'm... uh, I feel like, you know, that's something I I should just go back and watch just to enjoy the match and not have a bias against uh, Seth Rollins in it. Um, the, uh, The main event was garbage, in my opinion. Um, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the AJ and Nakamura match. Uh, I always wouldn't ring either one of them. Can uh, no question? matter who with. Can I ask yeah.
4: you a, a serious question? Why are you racist against Brock Lesnar?
3: Yeah. I'm not be. <laughs> it's not racism, <laughs> Mark. I think you don't know the definition of that <laughs> word.
5: <laughs> he throws and it we're around. Have
3: to, <laughs> he certainly have to does. Talk a little bit. He uses okay. it enough Off-air. to understand.
4: Why do you hate the but no, I just why do you hate the race of Brock Lesnar?
3: I, Brock is—it's not his own race, sir. <laughs> um, I just don't. Alpha male gorilla, gorilla is sir. not a race. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I think he's run his course, and I think he needs to go away. Well, I'm sorry, I, I, you know, go back to UFC, go do leg day, something. I don't care. <laughs> do um, I, I just do I leg don't, day. I don't enjoy him. I, I, I haven't for a long time. Um, I think that uh, he he is. I just. I don't know. He, he's just one of those guys that rubs me the wrong way. Well, I, I think he's, well, uh, he's let me, a jerk. Let me say I don't this think you, he Ronnie. enjoys the wrestling business. I don't think he, he respects the wrestling business. I'm let sorry. Me, let me
4: say this to you. Um, when he leaves because of you, because you said what you've just said, because you've sent him away, when he goes back to the UFC and gets killed by fucking John Jones. Oh wait, never mind. I can't even do that joke anymore because John Jones is a constant fuck up. Um, I don't know, does yeah, the joke. Pat-, Pat, does the joke still work if I say if he fight you know, he'll get killed when he fights uh Dan Cormier?
2: No, what you could say is that if you are looking for a gentleman's robe the right way, you should ask an Uber driver for directions to the Ballor Club. <laughs> <laughs>
5: He went a totally different route. Thanks, I Pat. I think to Good
4: save. All right. I think the joke of stopped, hate stopped
3: working when you... I think the joke stopped, joke stopped working when you said, hey, Pat, does a joke still work? <laughs> uh, all right. Um,
4: finish up your 10 minutes of racial hatred of Brock Lesnar. Go. Oh,
3: my gosh. You are... You are yeah. something else. Heard. <laughs> um. I, as far I think he's done. I think he needs to be done. I don't think Roman Reigns um I, I think he needs to go back to development. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm not a I'm not a Roman Reigns fan in the least. Um but other than that I enjoyed, you know, most of the show. You know, uh the uh the whole kid how the audience was, was just ridiculous, but uh I still I still you know got a kick out of the bar Or their entrance, you know, throwing beads into the crowd and stuff thought that was great um, the other tag match was uh, i'm not I'm not a Newsos fan, but I thought it was thought it was fun. It's good to see i mean we didn't even talk about um uh, the uh, the Wyatt family who's not the Wyatt family anymore. Um, the they have Brothers. some ridiculous gimmick yeah they the the gimmick is ridiculous, but they look good together, and Luke Harper looks like a million bucks now, yeah he does, uh, he's dropped a lot of weight. He has he has trimmed up. He's put some a lot of muscle on, and I mean, it, it really shows that he's he's put some work in. I mean, he's a good worker anyway. Um, I mean, I always thought he was, but now that he looks the part, I think I, I hope they I hope they go the distance with him, man. And I don't think the crowd was into the into the match at all. I, I think that is a crying shame.
4: All right, uh, I'm I, done. Thank you. you Pat,
5: you're 50... I'm done talking.
4: <laughs> I'm done talking. <laughs> Pat, your 50 words or less, um, and you can choose any character you want to deliver your last 50 words on the show. Anything left unsaid? any any other Anything you want to add to the show?
2: Baby, this show was a show where there was peace, and there was level ground, and then there was valleys, and it reached the valleys, the very depths of the valleys in your soul, baby. But the level ground was as high as we were going to go on this one, if you will. Guys, to is a pay window. But, babies, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You understand what I'm saying to you, baby? Because I'm the American dream and I'm a super genius.
4: <laughs> the most... That made
2: about as much sense as a Dusty promo. Hey, he's the
4: second most recognizable athlete in America, don't you Second don't you...
2: most recognizable athlete in the world, baby.
4: That's right. Listen. That's
3: right. I think Dusty is, like, one of my all-time favorites. So, I'm not taking anything away from Dusty. I I miss the dream.
4: All right. uh, So, that's it. That's our coverage of the WrestleMania weekend. The next night on Raw, Bobby Lashley came back. Ember Moon made her debut. No Way Jose um, made his debut. The Revival, I think, are back now and are um, working their way towards a title match, possibly, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Were there uh, any... Were there any other returns on Raw, Pat, to your recollection? Or debuts?
2: Uh, No, only Paige's retirement from in-ring competition. However, she is still very active for out-of-the-ring competition.
4: (laughs) Yes, and spoilers, uh, Carmella Carmella cashed in uh, the Money in the Bank and um, won the title on SmackDown from what I saw on my alerts. So there's that. That
3: is correct.
4: Um. Yes.
5: You know the the page commercial during WrestleMania almost had me frightened. I'm
4: Just, a little awkward, wasn't it?
5: It was very because it was like, is she live or is this actually edited? I didn't know what the hell was going on because it was like there on her face for like four full seconds before she starts talking. Yeah. I'm like, she always oh. also she, what the hell?
2: She also always has that voice of i've been out smoking and drinking for three days (laughs) but it was like another level on that one when you heard her voice creepy
5: i didn't think it was her i honestly didn't i thought it was somebody else trying to do an imitation i was like oh well boy they got rid of her and put somebody it's a a midget bread all over again
4: so um i'll be curious to see where, where we go in the next year with uh with wrestling. You know, I, I don't, because I record on Monday nights, so I don't watch Raw like I used to, but I always tune in for the big shows, and so the next one will be the one in Saudi Arabia. So, uh, that's it. Let's do plugs. Uh, Pat, go ahead and plug your stuff.
2: Well, allegedly, Gavin Nabier wants to record a, a new version of The Casual Heroes. Don't I've been hearing you this for a while. believe it. And, and that's my point. Swerve, bro. I'm all, I'm all on board. If we can do it, however swerve, bro, (laughs) I have no doubt in my mind that he is not serious about it. I have no doubt in my mind he's just saying this because he just wants an outlet of some kind and to get my hopes up and just have them dashed. So if if everybody listening would just blow him up on social media and say, Bro, when you bringing back the show, bro, we want to get you back to the place that you were. We want to tear you down so we can build you up to what you're supposed to be. That was my goal for Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, bro. (laughs) They had been misused for so long that you had to tear them down to make them to be the people they were again.
4: And I promise to all the Casual Hero fans, I'm not coming back. Pat's going <laughs> to permanently replace me, so I know all of you fans in West Virginia, the Casual Heroes, will love that. Go fuck
3: yourselves,
4: Swerve, sons. bro. Swerve, <laughs> bro.
3: It'd be awesome if it was a Swerve and you showed up on the first, yes, that yes, very first episode. Balling.
4: I'm never going anywhere. Come on, Jed, <laughs> make fun of my kids. Let's do it. Um, speaking of make fun of my That's kids, incredible. Ronnie Adams, do your plugs. Yeah.
3: I've never made put- Yeah I have um, <laughs> Sorry you know, At least you he never has Heard hate. stories About his
2: dog
4: Fuck you Pat Go ahead <laughs> Pat Go ahead uh, Ronnie Whoever you are
3: um, Screaming Boy Podcast Is my show um, We'll have some new Episodes out Very very soon I promise Swerve we'll bro For us Swerve bro. <laughs>
5: Swerve. I'm just recording and not putting them up anymore. The
3: thing Swerve. about it is we just talked two hours. I didn't even record it. <laughs> Suck it. I'm out.
4: Swerve bro. <laughs>
3: um
4: now I gotta start a wrestling podcast the... and just call it Swerve bro.
3: Please do. I'll,
2: I'll be will be. If you honest. do that, I'll, I'll start a... calling extra cheese motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <clears throat> uh just went to Twin City Comic Con, uh good show. It was a one day small con, not a lot of cosplay or anything like that, but a lot of good vendors. Um uh next one coming up is uh Raleigh Supercon, uh which is one the big one, the three day con uh that all the wrestlers, stars and uh creators are gonna be at, uh which is gonna be a lot of fun. I've I've got plans. I really want to meet Mick Foley. Um, and then, of course, you've got guys like uh, Batista is going to be there. Uh, but he's not really there as Batista. He's there as Dave Batista, uh, star of Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I
2: believe Hacksaw Jim Duggan is there.
3: In Raleigh Supercon?
2: I think, he I think is. so. He on Facebook.
3: Yeah. Um, but I know um, Trish Stratus, uh, DDP, um, like I said, Mick Foley. Um, yeah. Hey. Sergeant Slaughter, if you you know uh, Christian uh, or Christian Cage, uh, whatever he's going by at, at the con, I don't know what he's going by, um, but uh, they're all going to be there. So that's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Raleigh Supercon is one of the biggest show, one of the, if not the biggest show in uh, the North Carolina area um, or North Carolina South Carolina area, to my knowledge. Uh, so it's uh, it's you know expect a lot of pictures from that uh, and an update from that. Uh, we've got some uh, show ideas coming up, so uh, uh, just stay stay in tune and are tuned in, and we'll uh, we'll have everything out. Uh, any kind of social media, we're on it. Facebook, uh, just search Screen Boy Podcast. Twitter is at Screen Boy PR, and Instagram, where you'll find all the calm pictures. And the Instagram. Um, it's, uh, <laughs>
2: Instagram. <just> um, <laughs> it's, it's at Swerve Bro
3: that swerve bro no it's scream boy podcast um but yeah uh it's uh yeah we're gonna have a we got a lot of good stuff coming up so that's it
4: all right uh before i go over to jesse let me quick do what's going on on the rattled broadcasting network tomorrow night In the metal hammer of doom is camelot i have to use the Primalot. um uh, Camelot, the shadow. <laughs> that
5: reference will be explained on that show because I've heard it five times so far. I have no idea Monty what the fuck palm. it means. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a Monty Python. Well, you know what? That is coming to Netflix soon. I might actually be able to watch some of that you, and understand need, what the hell you guys are saying. You need
4: to sit down and watch uh, uh, the Holy Grail, and you need to watch Mel Brooks's History of the World, Part One, or you're never going to understand a fucking word I say. <laughs> um, how
3: can we be friends? That's how. That's how Mark and I have have bonded. I understand his references. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, so yeah, the ca- Camelot uh, It's only a model uh, The Shadow Theory We'll be reviewing that <laughs> On The Metal Hammer of Doom uh, Monday, as Jesse mentioned before We did Ringside Volume 1 K to Fabe uh, Issues 1 through 5 Next week, uh, it's all monsters all the time We've got Monsters Unleashed on source material We've got a Damn You Hollywood for The Rock's New movie Rampage based on the great video game Metal Hammer of Doom will be looking at the band Visions of Atlantis. Uh, the following week we'll have a pair of T V parties, one for uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which Jesse, if you haven't seen the finale yet, who doggy are you in for a treat? Um, Boy. It's 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 when they you'll you'll see it. It's fantastic. Um, we'll also be looking at the Netflix series Lost in Space. Um, I will not be on the Metal Hammer of Doom it's going to be Robert Cooper's pick it's going to be all black metal all the time I'm sure and Jesse Starcher will just have to deal with it Uh, by the way guys
2: I'm I'm just going to suggest the news brief just came to me IDW the comic printing company will be printing a limited edition 60 page graphic novel written by can you guess who Jim Cornette Yes. Oh, please, oh please no <laughs> It's called Jim Cornette Presents Behind the Curtain Real Pro Wrestling Stories oh, Now is this legit?
4: Yes, he's been advertising
2: it Oh
5: wow, it. no kidding Yeah, they also did one for Andre the Giant
2: Yeah, but uh, Andre's dead So whatever <laughs> You can watch the movie You can watch the movie tonight on HBO That way I saved you some no, time No you can't All
4: right.
3: It's um, over now
4: April twenty sixth. Um, now Jesse Starcher already covered this once, but uh, I wasn't on it, so who gives a shit? We're gonna re-record <laughs> a, a new uh, look back at the Infinity Gauntlet limited series for, by Jim Starlin from back in the uh, 92,
3: 91 92. Um, I was on that show. Uh huh. Yes, you were. You were, and you'll be on it again, so, Ronnie Adams. We. I don't. Want to go through that again? You're doing it. <laughs> it was so long.
4: Well, this one. Well, I'll be on it, so it'll be. Fine.
3: Oh
5: It ain't um, no long Halloween. <laughs> oh, no, no,
3: well, that's true. Anyway, well, wait so, a minute, Which one was the one I drove in to West Virginia and immediately jumped on the podcast with you?
5: So <laughs> the hell if I remember, man. Been to quite a few actually, if I remember right. It might have been that yeah, one. It's, true. it's so either that. that I, think I think it was, it was that. that one. One. Okay, we'll we'll figure this out.
4: That Infinity Gauntlet show will be up on uh, April 26th, Jesse. Mark it on your calendar, because that's the night that the Infinity War movie will be coming out. And then uh, we will be celebrating the release of the Infinity War with Thanos Rising on Source Material, the limited series, our Damn You Hollywood of the Infinity War, and then on the Metal Hammer of Doom, God Smack, uh, When Legends Collide. I think it's the name of the album. So... That's everything that's fit to print in April. Jesse Starcher, take me home, baby.
5: All right, ladies and gentlemen, go give that Rattolich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. All sorts of great content on there, such as the MMA coverage that Robert Winfrey brings to us there every usually just about every week. Uh, We have comic books with my show source material. We have uh, we every once in a while we'll squeak in something in regards to wrestling, such as this here podcast. And uh, metal hammer of doom. That, that's on there as well. So there's going to be something on there that tickles your fancy. Maybe tickles that bag that Mark Radilich is always referring to. Uh so give it a give it a like, stay up on top of everything we have out there. I'm ready to get out of here. I think I still need to catch up on sleep from Sunday night. So let's 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 rock and roll.
4: All right, for the punchy pugilist and a man of a thousand impressions, Pat Mullen. For the harumphy Humph, the man who hates the race of Brock uh. Lesnar's, Ronnie Adams and the Missing source, uh, Screaming Boy podcast for the man that makes the trains run on time here at the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network, Mr. Jesse Starcher. I am the jerk, the, your mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm modified, Mr. Mark Rattledge, and this has been TV Party Tonight. Be well, be safe, and behave.
1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at Chumba Casino.